When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn, a.k.a. The Professor. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night, these homeboys chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Jump in the car on the way to the game with us, or, I, or should I say this week, on the way to training camp as we look at the latest headlines for training camp and uh, the news that and storylines we should be following as they pop up and we're monitoring it live from Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and it's like being there. So tonight's show is, yo, DJ, we need more training camp. And I'm here with my co-host, Cody Lashney. Welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast, the longest running Panthers podcast, my friend. Tony Don, you already know there's no way I'd rather be on a Tuesday night than sitting right here chilling with my boys with the most lit Panther fans and all of YouTube, man. You know them, you love them. They're our longtime favorites. AJ Lizzie, 10 Tizzy, NC Hager, 22, Sideshow Rob, Philip Carson, Joey the Black Panther, Esquivel, 89 J Stubbs, Craig Cartner, Sideshow Rob. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. The number is 252-228-5098 to call into the Cat Calls line. You can leave a message. We'll respond to it live on the air. Um, and we'd love to hear your opinions about training camp coming up or what you think 
should be the focus as this training camp unfolds. The number is 252-228-5098. And uh, go ahead, smash the thumbs up button, subscribe, tell a friend about the show, tell them to help us grow Panther Nation together, just like CK does with us each and every week. Welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast. I'm glad to be back. And it is, uh, you know, listen, we got to see some players walk around and do some interviews. That's uh, hey, it's better than what we have been dealing with for a couple of months here. Uh, so uh, we're, we're we're winding down. We're, we're getting there, guys. So uh, football's right around the corner. What's the timetable? What's the how much time do we have before football actually starts? Two weeks, I think. I saw a game. The Hall of Fame game is like two weeks away. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, it'll be nice to, it's always nice, you know, what is like the exciting part about this is we were kind of, we're in the kind of doldrums of football discussion for the last two months. We have fortunately had a little bit extra to talk about because of the acquisition of Sam Darnold and how the speculation, you know, that gave us a little something to talk about, but it will be nice to have uh, something other than just pure speculation to talk about where right. we can we actually get some data about this team and what we should be looking forward to um I would like to remind everybody uh that tonight's show is sponsored by not sponsored it's brought to you by Avolta they just is uh Kevin Brown solar consultant who works for Avolta is a listener of the C3 Panthers podcast and we want to help him out and he wants to help you out by achieving energy independence you can add equity to your home, take advantage of tax cuts by adding solar panels, no money down, a fixed utility rate or electric rate, should I say, because you got to have water and sewage and those other things, but a fixed rate for life and you make equity in your own home. You need to be a homeowner in North or South Carolina. Kevin Brown, solar consultant for Avolta. Call him at 704 215-3373. 215-3373. You can reach him at kbrown at avolta.us. Tell him you're a Panthers fan. You heard about it on the C3 Panthers podcast, and he'll give you the hookup. I promise you that. All right, uh, guys. Uh, Cody, what are we talking about first? Oh, he's on mute. Oh. He's on mute. Of course, right? Leave it to Cody to be on mute. Uh, no, we actually have a, a pretty good show tonight, man. Of course. We're, we're talking about the, the start of training camp. Uh, but we've also gotten some news. We've gotten some interviews. Um, we have some uh, interesting news that uh, we've been talking about a lot on the left tackle front uh, as it pertains to Taylor Moulton. As Taylor Moulton is basically saying kind of what we have been saying all along, that he's very uh, uh, in play at the left tackle position should they need him to play there. Um, that's certainly something that we have going on tonight. We're going to be talking a little bit again about Deshaun Watson. It's a story that keeps on giving. It truly is. Um, we'll, we'll kick the tires on, on that one more time. And really we're going to be talking all things training camp. We're going to right. uh, go over some things that Scott Federer said. Uh, we're really going to look up and down this roster. And um, at some point, inevitably, we're going to talk about David Newton Again, for many, many <laughs> know, of the sooner same or later, that you probably already know, but you can guess. But yeah, we'll I think it's it just all. time to embrace David Newton, folks. Like, I mean, stop the hate. Anywhere. And, 
Oh, he's not going. Oh, there's some uh, fun. It's some wild things. It's a wild ride, folks, from potential plagiarism to uh, just funny stuff, this and that. Um, all right, let's go ahead and begin with Taylor Moten, though. Right. Recently received a contract extension um, and it was at the 11th hour. I think uh, we talked about this on last week's show that we were surprised that at this point that it got done. Right. So not only does it get done, uh, but then today discussion as players arrived at training camp uh, became the focal point was the focal point was Taylor Moten, actually. Uh, the Panthers put up this uh, story. Darren Gant put it up. Taylor Moten, a cornerstone for the Panthers and his family. News became came coming out. I saw a tweet that Taylor Moten had bought land pr- prior to his extension. And now they asked him, like, is he going to build a house? And it's like, basically, it's going to be bigger than it was before. Something to that effect, right? So yeah. all of a sudden, Taylor Moten has become the face in many ways, of this early stage of Carolina Panthers training camp, right? It's the positive story. The great story, yeah. right? Right. And um, so, first, I'm actually pleasantly pleasantly pleased that this is, like, thank God this is a good story right now. Imagine if it wasn't the story. Right. So, I am pleased that it's cool that the Panthers – uh are are so embracing this and trying to make it uh, a happy feel good right. moment for us but then the yeah. talk immediately turns though to the offensive line and questions surrounding left tackle position taylor Moten wasn't he asked cody if he was gonna play left tackle i believe so elena getzenberg um puts out uh a tweet says taylor Moten says he's coming into this season like it's his rookie year. Not sure what position he may play. Says he's ready to go either way. Moten took some snaps at left tackle during OTAs. And I've been someone who has been saying that Taylor Moten might indeed be our best option at left tackle. You have um, been saying this for months, bro. Yeah. I mean, really, if he's able to do it and if he's the best offensive lineman on our team, and potentially, if we have someone, uh, and CK mentioned this, I'll let him speak to it more in a minute. But uh, you know, Matt Rule alluded to uh, a lot of this discussion uh, is a- around if we have someone that can play right tackle, because again, if if they feel like that right side is going to be heavily compromised due to Moten's absence, then they're they're probably not going to put him there. Um, Joe Person or uh, is reporting that. Uh, Matt Rule would go on to say that Trent Scott and Cam Irving are, you know, uh, key players in this uh, left tackle spot. So uh, it's really interesting, man. I even think I'm at the point. I don't know if I'm there yet, but, dude, I really have a strong inclination that Taylor Moten's going to be our left tackle this year. So um, one of the things is, as we continue to build on this, I don't know. I guess the story we've been all chasing is what's going to happen at left tackle. Right. Today, Joe Person put up this story on The Athletic titled, What We Learned, colon, Taylor Moten could be the Panthers' left tackle plus Sam Darnold's focus this summer. We'll get to Sam Darnold momentarily. But in this piece, uh, he uh, quoted Matt Rule, who said, when asked about 
Taylor Moten playing left tackle. He said, quote from Matt Rule, we'll put him over there. I know it's a challenge uh, that he probably would like to undertake. We did a little bit in the spring, but it's hard to do without pads on. We'll maybe give him some reps here and there and then just get a feel as we go of who the other four best guys are. So um, I think this lends to what uh, Cody uh, CK is going to bring up. But here is what I'm interested in. We don't know if Taylor Moten will be the left tackle or not, but we can say from this type of verbiage and talk that they are considering it. Right. It's not like off the tape. They have not dug their heels in and said, look, he's a right tackle. He's been one of the best right tackles. And let's not uh, fix something that ain't broke, which I may be that type of dude if I was the coach. Right. But they are leaning a little bit to it is something we need to consider. CK, what have you heard about Taylor Moten? potentially playing left tackle. So if if any of you guys have, have watched the actual uh, press conferences, if you want to call them that, many interviews that they have when these guys just start training camp, the, the, the way that, uh, you know, and it's probably a smart, right, way to handle this is it's not going to be uh, so much we're going to be putting – uh, Taylor Moten at left tackle, and he's going to be playing there. He could go to left tackle and be very good, right? He could be very good and still play right tackle because it has so much more to do with if he's good at left tackle and if somebody's as good as him at right tackle. What they're not going to do is make a hole. Like if there's somebody who's half as good as, as Moten is at left tackle, um, then and, and, uh, but Mo- nobody even close to being as good as him at right tackle, well, then they're going to they're going to keep him at right tackle, and then let that person who's half as good of him at at left. So I mean, it, it has so much more to do with you know the talent around them, who they've got there, and which is why I believe he's not going to be playing left tackle this year. I think this is more of a challenge and and an idea of what he's able and capable of doing at left tackle. I mean, you have these guys, Cam Irving, and I'm not saying that these guys are the answer, but that is what you brought them in for was left tackle depth, and that's what they're going to offer. Now, whether they can play right tackle is going to be the big question. That wishy-washiness, in a way. It's a wishy-washiness, right, to me, is that. So we're going to try to see if he's great at left tackle, but if he's not great at left tackle, but a guy is close to being as bad as he is, but worse than he is on the right, then we're going to – that just sounds like everybody sucks at that point to me. Right. Well, uh, the the other one last point before yeah. I pass the mic is just this is um, my hesitancy with shifting him to the left is that his skill set, his knowledge, his play, his comfortability have all been built on playing on the right side. Right. right? Those sure. steps that, you know, what I'm saying and that like there is a certain there's a large degree of muscle memory that's very important to athletes, you know, is like repetition, repetition. Um, so I don't know if it's just something that's so easy as let's go see, give him a couple of reps. And if he's awesome, it'll be great. What I think they need to do is decide if he can do it and they want to do it quicker sooner than later, right. because then he can start to practice the position. The worst yeah. thing that you could do, I think for a player that's probably changing position is give him a couple of reps. And then, you know what, let's try this other guy, go back to the right. 
Right. And you know, you don't really believe in it and learn it. You don't know what's going to happen. Go ahead, Cody. I, f- I feel like we kind of have to accept that reality anyway with so many unknowns on this offensive yeah. line and so many. I just spit my drink out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Uh, <laughs> but listen, uh, 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 shout out to the funder of all Panthers podcasts, man. You know him, you love him. 89J Stubbs. He says Moten will start a right tackle and have to play a left tackle by week Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's see, that's see, probably very yeah, that, that's, that's, that makes hope, more sense to me. That's what I hope doesn't happen. Like I, right. if, if if there's going to be any notion to Taylor Moten playing left tackle, just start him there, man. Uh, you know, let him start against the the Jets, who were not very good on defense last year. I don't think they have a ton of edge pressure. To me, that's there's no better way to to there's no better time to start than right now. We're going to be uh, playing the Colts and the Ravens during training camp. I think he's going to have enough time to really ingratiate himself to that position. Um, again, like we're going to talk about Trent Scott, Cam Irving. Um, someone even mentioned Greg Little. Was, um, uh, that was another thing that we're going to mention at some point. Greg Little is putting out videos of him exercising and working out and trying to give everyone the impression you mean mean being a football player yeah (laughs) so you forget that greg little is still a person who's trying to make this football team and prove that he was worth a second round draft pick i know it's very popular for us to just write him off and say oh well he's been a healthy scratch how many different times and granted, that's true, but someone's Who's gonna have these scratch so many times? Greg Little. Greg oh, Little yeah. a bunch of times last season. They just didn't suit him up. He wasn't right. really healthy. Right. Yeah. Though they no workout video him. is gonna change my mind until I see it on the see it. And I don't I'm sure. not trying to shit on the guy. I'm not even trying to shit on him, but like I'm not gonna have any vote of confidence in a player. And I and I continue to give this to rookies, and I know you don't like my position on this but it's not that i don't think that they can be good it's i don't expect them to be good until they are right we have it so like i i was thinking about this when when the greg little video came out that we're going to show later you know what i tweeted is this is going to be the greatest turnaround wait start if it works like if all of a sudden this video is like an indication that this dude's going to come and be a difference maker on the team it's not a turnaround it's the beginning he hasn't done anything yet you haven't turned around shit (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, like I mean, he hasn't done anything to really contribute to this team except for maybe two games in his rookie season. Yeah, I, he he's been a bust. I mean, up until right now, if his if his career ended, then you know, right now, we just had to judge what's on film. It, it, there's not a lot of good to right. say about Greg Little, and most people who are in the know when it comes to you know looking at film and, and you know. uh you know, watching film of his college tape, uh, many people weren't very high on him coming out of Ole Miss. So again, one of the things I've been saying is that we have so many players that have so much to prove. And Greg Little is a true representation of that. He's still trying to salvage his career and prove that he can live up to that pick. And dude, listen, how happy would we be if Taylor Moten, let's just say hypothetically, he ends up being a badass left tackle, and then out of nowhere, Greg Little decides to want to be a halfway decent right tackle. It's like, that's not going to hurt anyone's feelings. The likelihood might not be very good, but shit, you know, let, let him prove it. Man, Taylor Moten becomes a badass left tackle, and in two years, this mug's going to be sitting out. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, you're gonna be Trent Williams on us, dude. Because you know what I'm saying? Like again, dude. we pay man, we paid him good money to play right tackle, but if we move him over to play left and he's like dominant. Come yeah, on. we might we might be having the. <laughs> but he might we be might, not coming. At, he might be not coming to a training camp next year. Yeah, we might have another situation on our hands. But um, okay, so let's uh, continue down the line sure. uh, of these stories, and the line of the stories does continue on the offensive line itself. Who are these other four guys? I mean, Greg Little is, I think, the dude on the outside looking in. But in many ways, uh, or so many people are on this Trent Scott joint. This and that is I don't know if these uh, – do you really believe that the Panthers are walking into this camp thinking Trent Scott can be the starting left tackle for this team for the season? Is that reasonable? I, I, and I, I still tell you they're gonna. it's going to be Cam Irvin. I bet you Cam Irvin beats them out. Do you think Cam Irving is our left tackle? He's going to beat at or right or, you know, I just – I think this is not really – founded in any real like validity or truth i'm just so like um shell shocked from the ron rivera era where it doesn't matter who the best dude is it's going to be simone fua playing guard or whatever (laughs) and uh, you know it's just like these guys suck and you still were like we're good so that's why I think Cam Irvin's going to start. <laughs> but it's uh, it's shell shock from the Rivera era. That's it. There's no yeah. real. Uh, like also remember remember when we had Harrison Butker on the team, and then uh, we just let him go, and he turns out to shine for the Kansas City Chiefs. What I'm hoping, and I I just real, I, have two I just read a story for the Buffalo Bills where Daryl Williams is one of the top go- tackles in the league. I tried to tell you, bro. I told you the other night, man. <laughs> Uh, Listen, I shit all up and down Greg Will- or uh, Daryl Williams when he was here, man. But he has played better as a <laughs> Buffalo Bill, and I hate that shit, dude. Dude, but that doesn't that go to tell you, like, it's when when you have one good player, it's really hard to be good. Which is why I think Taylor Moten is that good. Is like he hasn't necessarily true, had true. an incredible cast of people. Like when you're and, and that was some of my defense of, of, of Matt Paradis was, you know, when you're the center and you have to worry about everybody's assignments and then everybody just blows their fucking assignments. Of course, you're going to look like an idiot trying to cover everybody's assignments for them, you know. But I mean, at the yeah. same time, I mean, he's not the greatest, but I mean, at the, I don't think he's it's a, a Trey fair. Boston like player. Right. He's a Trey I mean, Boston. Trey Boston well, plays well on good defenses on bad defenses. Yeah. He looks bad. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see what it is. I mean, hopefully we have a good offensive line this year and we can see whether or not they play good as, as, as at all. I mean, we're going to find out a lot of stuff this year. If, if our offensive line isn't doing well this year, then our entire focus next off season needs to be offensive line. I, I don't care what other need that needs to be our priority. Number one. Can I tell you another big fear of mine? is that David Moore and Deontay Brown are who I think they are, and that's badass starters on the offensive line. But because we have guys that are technically higher up the depth chart, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, I'm, I'm hoping that it's not another Harrison Butker with those. I, I don't think so. And I think this is – I think there's we've got a little bit of evidence from last year that says that this coaching staff – that I should probably be doubting my Ron Rivera shell shock. 
right, is that I can't put that Ron Rivera shell shock on this staff. And the evidence that I think is Bravion Roy. Bravion Roy came in last year, and we had Bravion Roy. And who was the other guy that went to San Francisco? Kerr. Kerr was the kind of more veteran player. Bravion Roy played very well. Kerr played very well for us, right? But so did a six-round pick, fifth or sixth-round pick in Bravion Roy. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like a six-round pick. And I think that he beat guys out at that position last year. Yeah. yeah and I, I kind of think, I think, and, and maybe Trent Scott lends to this a little bit, right? Wasn't he a later? And yeah. so this staff may not, is not adverse, like our old staff in a way, to give the young guys a real fair shot. And hopefully the Bravion Roy, the Trent Scott examples are indicative of what could happen if you're right with David Moore and uh, Deontay Brown. Remember that name because I Boom. think at some point during this season, Deontay Brown uh, will, will be the apple of our eye, man. Especially if, if we put him at right guard and we keep Taylor at right guard because Deontay Brown played right guard for Alabama. So if we get Taylor Moten next to him at right tackle, dude, Christian, Christian is going to feast behind that right side of the offensive line, man. Who, um, CK, uh, you're the gamer of the bunch. Right. Mario Kart, who was the big giant dude with the shell that with the spikes on? Oh, you're talking about King (laughs) something? Sorry, Cody, you said it. Bowser. Bowser. That's what yeah, I think man. of when I see that guy that was who's going to play guard. The uh, Deontay Brown. Yeah, Deontay Brown looks like Bowser to me. He looks like Blastoise, the Pokemon. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. Pokemon's after my time, bro. Yeah, he's just Bowser was big, in my time. Yeah. Well, that's that's what Bowser was. Yeah, yeah, it's just a big hulking. Yeah, yeah, he's a behemoth. But apparently, okay. like, um, even though he's a big dude, he can dunk the basketball on, like, a <laughs> like, dude, he's, like, a crazy athlete, apparently. So, yeah, I'm hoping. King Koopa or Bowser. Maybe they went by two names. Thank you. You put that up. Matt, that was here. Thank you for being here, Matt. That was here. The number's 252-228-5098. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. We'd love for you to be a part of our community. If you check the show notes out, you can find the Discord link where fans are hanging out all day talking about the latest Panthers news and opinions, just like we are on this podcast every Tuesday night. All right. Chopping it up. And uh, next up, I guess we need to just talk about arrivals to training camp. I saw some pictures like so the Taylor Moten is the story that's kind of had a little legs to it today. Right. As we search and search and search for any tidbit to talk about, Christian McCaffrey arrived yesterday, I believe. I saw one report that like a day early or something to that effect. And um, I saw Josh Klein from the Riot Report and check out the Riot Report and uh, the Roaring Riot, right? And independent, another independent news and right. fan community. I saw him put up a picture of Brian Burns' ride. And he said it was the flyest ride 
And I agree, it was a fly ride. I didn't like the front end of the car, though. I'm going to say this. It's like, yes, it is a super fly car that I could never afford. <laughs> but I wasn't in love with it. I wasn't in love with it. What else did he come with? What did he show? Here it is. I, the front end, I just, he wore multiple hats. This video doesn't show the car very well. Oh, here. Maybe I can find it on Twitter while you guys pick up the Yeah, discussion. my man Brian, ba Brian Burns is... uh. It's flexing, man. And by the way, um, I wanted to shout out, uh, you know, people whenever they do really good Panthers content. Um, there's a guy on YouTube by the name of Alex Rollins NFL. Uh, I highly recommend. He just put out a video all about Brian Burns and why Brian Burns is set to have a breakout year this year. If you have not checked it out, definitely do it. Uh, it's Alex Rollins NFL. Uh, check him out. But yeah. Um, it, dude, all of their cars are banging, dude. DJ Moore has an incredible nice car. Right. Like, dude, these guys are NFL players. Again, like, you're talking between the ages of 21 and 23. It's just still dude, rookie contract young. money, bro. Yeah, they, dude, they're young. They're rich. They got the badass cars. Like, pulling up to training camp, this is when you're supposed to flex like that, I guess. All right, I found it. Um, what else? Actually, as I pull it up, what else uh, did you guys see in the, or anything with the arrivals? Um, so did uh, did either of you see this uh, Denzel Perriman story? Or he got a ticket? Yeah. So hang on. This is the Brian Burns car right here. It's a fly whip, but I don't know if I like the front end on it. That's it. I'm just not in love with the front end of the car. It, just to just to clarify, you're you're a rear guy. I guess so. I like the backside. No, uh, I just <laughs> I mean, like we all have the things we like. You know, we all like. I mean, I'm gonna love a Bugatti or whatever, the, whatever right. these fancy shits are. But you know, you got your favorites, and I'm just saying is that I'm not overly impressed not one with of them. body style. Period. Uh, Brian Burns' body style looks like a beast of a defensive end. All right, what happened with Denzel Perryman? Yeah, so I'll play the video. Uh, one moment. Look at this jerk in the podcast, Kevin. <laughs> My man, look at this. What he said. He said Tony man. likes stick shift. So Denzel Perriman is on his way to uh, training camp, and apparently, my man was a little bit too eager to. Uh, to get to Wofford because uh, my guy got a speeding ticket on his way. And uh, listen, man. Uh, yeah, that's how his morning started off. I just hope he's as fast filling those A and B gaps uh, as he is going down the highway, man. Do we know how much it was for? Um, It kind of showed. Like, is there any? Like, I know somebody on the internet is. Yeah. <laughs> this is how my morning started off. Uh, <laughs> this video, Twitter video sucks. It no, it's impossible. Oh, she says read. it right there. She said, Oh, so back. She said, How fast were you going again? How fast were you going again? Uh, what they said, Excuse me. Like, how fast do you think you were going? I was doing the speed limit. Uh, he changed it. He said, I was doing the speed limit. <laughs> Oh, he's gonna try to fight it. <laughs> ninety. It says ninety-one. Man, look, we all get a ticket for going ninety-one on the way to Spartanburg. 
Say you know what I'm saying? Like, like you get on those, right? Come on, I, like I mean, I know it's it's a little on the higher end, maybe, but people have been getting. It's a little like if you ain't driven like 85, 86 when you're in a rush in a right. seventy, right. you know, then you lying. <laughs> you lying. Uh, Adam Sandra says y'all act like y'all never got a speeding ticket before. Exactly. I know, like I mean, I yeah, like I mean, that's not like reckless to me at all. I mean, is that hey, look, you know what? When you get caught, you get caught, and that's it. At least he can afford to pay it. But he can definitely afford to pay it. Um, you know, um, you know. Uh, speaking of Denzel Perriman and this linebacker group, there will be some significant changes, but Shaq Thompson continues to be a fixture of this group. Right. Is that again, as a as a guy like who came out of uh, CK, you said you watched a lot of the videos that came out of training. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who kind of I feel like I said earlier that Taylor Moten is kind of being made the face a little bit, you know, like, hey, of this training camp. It's like the story to start. And he's our he's our guy type player. Corner, the cornerstone of the team. Shaq Thompson has this team is trotted out Shaq Thompson for the last two years now. He continues. Were there any other guys that caught your eye? Because that's what caught my eyes. Shaq Thompson back on the mic, representing, being the veteran of the team. And whether we think he's great or not is, or mediocre, great, bad, whatever you think about it, is this does seem a role that he has played on this team. Yeah, you're not wrong. So it seems like they... they they had uh, so right now the only people that were at least that I could find that were interviewed um, like a full one at like you know press conference was Christian McCaffrey, Sam Darnold, Scott Fitterer, which was a, a you know enlightening uh, uh, conversation that I think we're gonna have a little bit later. Um, Matt Rule and Taylor Moten and Shaq Thompson. So it wasn't like a tremendous amount of people. Um, it was kind of like the 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 people you would expect, other than maybe. Right getting some of these free agents that are newly acclimated to the team and getting out, getting them out there, which I thought maybe they should have done. Um, I guess they probably got an idea of every, everything they needed with those guys with the initial press conference they did through zoom. But um, I mean, honestly, it wasn't like I was, I was sitting there the entire time salivating, waiting, waiting for another one. And it was just, it was the five or six interviews and that was it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was, um, I think we're trying to get to know this team. Yeah, that's that's the thing I think was why I was a bit disappointed with just the one, you know, with not having any more was it felt like I need, you know, that 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 I'm just I don't know who we have as a team right now. And right. I don't know and really kind of their personalities. You know, we exactly. don't really know their personalities very well and it's like it's we just like Jack. Yeah, do yeah. All right, who's the goofy one? Who's exactly. the serious one? Who's the one that's pissed that he's in Spartanburg because he's got to sleep in a dorm? Right. Um. And it what it felt vanilla. You're little. not wrong. There's so many questions pertaining to this football team. I feel like this year more so than ever. Uh, you know, there's so many question marks and. Dude, I'll say this until I'm blue in the face. Everyone has so much to prove, man. I mean, literally, there isn't a player that you could name on this team that doesn't have something to prove this year. I mean, really, unless you're Tom Brady, you don't really have anything to prove. I mean, every single person 
that plays in the in in, in NFL has something to prove. Yeah, right but now, I mean, I mean, I, I hear you, and that's definitely true. I'm 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 saying specifically, like, okay, if you go through Christian McCaffrey, we all know he's an incredible talent, but can he stay healthy? Right. That's something that he has to prove. J.C. Horn has to prove that he can live up to the eighth overall pick, and the fact that we took him over Justin Fields. Um, you know, again, we can we're, we're, all of our offensive linemen are having to prove what kind of players they are. Brian Burns has to prove that he is the superstar that we all believe him to be. We all believe DJ Moore is the number one wide receiver, and he's going to have to get paid soon. He has a ton to prove. Our coaching staff is brand new. They have a ton to prove. I feel like... Did you mention Sam Darn, our quarterback? Did you mention that? How could I not mention the biggest (laughs) proven player of all? On our roster, Sam Darnold. Everyone has a bunch to prove. And uh, shout out to Joey the Blind Panther saying, that's why I love preseason football, man. It's like, especially this year, there are so many questions uh, you know, who's the what? Who's a play? Who's someone that doesn't? And look, I know it's kind of a ridiculous thing to say because everybody who's hearing this is going to say, "Oh, well, everybody's got something to prove every year, right?" Who is the one? Name one player on the team that doesn't have something to prove, right? I mean, because Panthers? think about it. If yeah, like if you were Luke Keekley in 2016, did anybody go in there going? Question marks around Luke Keek. You know, like right. there were some things that we believed, whether we were right or wrong about Cam. You know what I'm saying? Like something. But like, what's the, is there any position player coach where there isn't, where we've had like, I guess, exemplified success of what they think it could be. I don't the even think DJ effort. Moore is the answer. Oh yeah. JJ Jansen. Jansen. I mean, well, I mean, you might, he might be out to prove that he's not too old to do it, you know, but right again, like is that he's got to beat this rookie out. Right. This Fletcher dude who they shouldn't have draft, you know, who everybody's like, well, you is Charlton just still, who's our, who's our punter? Uh, I think it is Char- Char- Charlton. That sounds right. Yeah, but we don't. Um, man. And Joey Sly, I think we kept our special teams guy. Joey Sly has still a lot to prove. I think our punter yes. did a really well, good job last year. But um, yeah, but he still only did it for one year. So yeah, like our, so our answers are the long snapper and the punter. Right. We got That's anybody I mean, yeah. else? Do we have anyone else that has such a? I don't even think you could put DJ Moore there. And the reason I say that is not because DJ Moore has. Has there's question marks of whether he can play and be successful in the NFL, but for me, in final year, fifth year option, I believe he's in his fifth year option or something like to that effect. He's at this kind of deal point, maybe it's right. four, and he's going to the fifth. He's had two or three one thousand yard seasons consecutive, um, but there have been questions. Some people think that he starts off slow. Some people uh, have questioned how many drops he's had in some moments. And then really, I don't care about any of those. Four touchdowns is the most he's had each season. And I don't require him to get 10 touchdowns, but until he gets double-digit touchdowns, it don't matter how many yards and how consistent he is, he won't be in the minds of people as a top receiver. So even DJ... More Christian McCaffrey, 
you say there, I mean, like there's still this looming conversation with his injury. Is there any player that doesn't, like, we can't even say Matt Paradis. Who, who the hell is the one guy who's great? I mean, no, I mean, listen, you literally, you can do this thought experiment up and down the roster. There isn't, <laughs> there isn't a guy that doesn't have something to prove. Dante Jackson on a contract year. Jeremy Chin, can he be a true full-time strong safety in the NFL? Was and, he a one-hit wonder? Will yeah, there be a sophomore slump? Uh, Taylor Moden. Uh, we just paid Taylor Moden, and all of Panther fandom has been begging for us to pay him. Well, now he has to go out and prove that he's worth the contract that he just right. signed. Uh, I mean, I, man, Loki said Brian Burns is the whatever is is the best. You know, like Brian Burns has to prove to the world that he deserves to be on those lists that you put up today. Another right? Didn't you put up? Didn't yeah. you make fun of a I'll list like and he wasn't in the top ten? And I'd like to. So he has he has to prove that he's a superstar, not a superstar talent, but a superstar Hassan Reddick has to prove he's on a one-year deal he's got to get the money and he only My, had one season of real high level sack production who would you put uh Brian Burns ahead of on this list yeah so uh, a little context to this shout out to my man Kevin Boshoven in the chat tonight these are the Madden uh the Madden rankings uh okay. for, edge, for edge rushers and they got Miles Garrett, number one, Khalil Mack, two, TJ Watt, three, Chandler Jones, four, JJ Watt, five, Cameron Jordan, six, Vaughn Miller, seven, Joey Bosa, eight, Nick Bosa, nine, and Zadarius Smith, number 10. And, it, you know, it, that is a good question. Like, where would you slot? Brian Burns right here. Like we can just I don't think it. he's getting snubbed here. I don't think he's getting snubbed necessarily. Well, I mean it's it, it, I wouldn't necessarily say it's snub, but I don't think that there are ten. And again, it, it goes back to that prove it thing, right? Um, right. You know, that's we, the we, point. We, He's we, he we, needs we, to prove he should be on this yeah. list. Well, yeah. well, that's the thing is right now a, a lot of these names are here just because of recognition, right? Let's let's be honest. JJ Watt has not played like a defensive player of the year for at least three or four years. Truth. Truth. You know. Let's let's talk about it, and then let's yeah, talk yeah, about that Von- one's a bit rich. Let's that's about, the that's the richest number up here. Let's talk Miles about Von Garrett, Miller. Miles Garrett. Is, oh no, he's yeah, Von Miller. What's he at? I mean, he's number yeah, he's number seven. He he's not bad. Don't get me wrong, but w- name me a year where you're like, damn, Von Miller is going off. Well, he missed all the last season with injury. Exactly. And it's just like um, there's a recency. You're right. He's getting a long in the tooth. These are based on what he did rather than what he's doing. I would put you. I agree. Number five, J.J. Watt shouldn't be on this list. So, okay, let's do this. And neither. I agree with you, Von Miller, I think. And I would say Cameron Jordan. Deserves to be on this list for his play consistently over the last right. five years. And his availability. But, but we truly feel like we're all expecting him to not you know, be on the yeah, decline. Yeah. yeah. That's how I feel. Uh, where do we think Brian Burns will end up being next year? Like if he has this year top five. That, that we think that he Bro. has. Do we think that he's Bro. top five? Top five easy. And I say that because he has done what he's done 
with no help in the secondary, really, if you think about it. And why that's important is exactly what we talked, what you saw last year. How many pressures he had is because there were people that were still wide open down the field so quickly because we didn't have corners that know how to play press coverage. We were, yeah. you know, it, that's the problem that we were running into with a lot of these. And so when you talk about number one, having the inability to double team anybody, because who are you going to choose to double team? Um, and then second, to to then now add pieces to the secondary if if Jeremy Chin is back there I mean it really the biggest question mark is their linebackers and if they can cover any slots or you know running back out of the backfield that's going to be a big part of 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 whether or not uh, Brian Burns does very well you know th- that's that's where you know football is so awesome because it is a, such a team sport but you know until until these guys have an opportunity to play on a, on a team that's going to support them the way they need to. So, like Cam Jordan's been the benefit of a lot of this. Like Cam Jordan's been on a, on a defense that has been bad, but also very good. And when it's very good, Cam Jordan destroys de- you know offensive lines. Then I think once we get that opportunity to find out what we have with, uh, with our defense, if it is anywhere where we expect it to be this year, Brian Burns is going to destroy this list. I just we'll hope talk he's not in playing the- special teams. No more special oh, teams not. for Brian right, Burns. Right. Again, no stop. Uh, we we have Brian to get Burns. rid of. We have Ron Rivera PTSD. That's what this is. I was shell shocked about the offensive line. Now you're shell shocked about Brian Burns playing um, on special teams. A little talk in the chat room among Panther fans about Cam Jordan, a a guy who. Um, Many people either like love don't you know is that he's a he's got a he's a he's got a lot of character to him. I I continue I maintain this is I hate Cam Jordan because he's not on my team. If Cam Jordan was on the Panthers, I would be he would be one of my favorite players. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I like his. I mean, he's smart. He talks shit, but he, he backs it up on the field. He ain't scared to talk junk. Like, he uses the media. Like, he kind of – if he was on a Panther, I would have loved him. But because he's a saint, I hate, not hate him, but yes. Like, I mean, this asshole. says the sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> this jerk the sending us the damn broom when they beat us that year. When they when they swept us, he sent Cam like a broom and like a whatever. Bro, that whole Ugh. team was disrespectful. Bro. I know, but if I was uh, the fa- I if that was our team, we would be hyped if we did that to somebody. You know, you would. Uh, yeah, hey man, look, I I like shit talking. If we if we beat if we beat the Saints twice this year. And Brian Burns has five sacks, and he sends Cam Jordan like a old man, like a, a walking cane, and a broom. Would you be upset? I would I mean, be talking shit to every Saints fan for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, and uh, I agree with Kevin. Uh, he did once call. Mike Rimmer's speed bump McGee. I mean, like, so did did we. So did we. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that is awesome. All right. uh, Why don't we go ahead and uh, move the show along to the cat calls, and then we'll circle back to any remaining stories uh, that we got. And let's see where the callers take us. The number is 252-228-5252. 
5098. And before we do that, I need to share this, which I thought I had it queued up, and I don't. Uh, this show, that the cat calls are what? They're powered by a Volta. Right? Oh, yeah. And uh, if you want to get a fixed rate uh, on your utility bill, your homeowner in North or South Carolina, and uh, you want to add some equity to your home and achieve energy independence, contact Kevin Brown, our friend. Tell him the C3 Panthers podcast sent you. You got to be a homeowner in North or South Carolina to take advantage of these tax credits. And no money down, you can get a fixed rate for life. Let's get into the cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098. Uh, let's see what you guys got to say. What are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good. Like Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Boys, you know who it is. It's your boy, Josh from Mass. And, Josh, uh, what's up, brother? Man, it's camp day, boys. It's camp day. But, uh, what, yes, a, what a... You know, and, and I mean, I don't know about down there, but up here in Massachusetts, I'm actually in Cambridge today and uh, at work. And, uh, man, the sun is shining. It's like... I'm hoping that's a sign. Hoping that's a sign that the beauteous things are about to befall us and our team. Um, you know, looking forward to seeing how uh, how some of this stuff shakes out. See who who makes it, and um, you know, I think for me, it's probably the same as everybody else as far as position groups. It's probably um, offensive line number one to be looked at, I think. Um, also curious to see how, how Donald does, at least in, in the stuff that, you know, people be, will be allowed to see. Um, but I think it'll also be, you know, telling, to, you know, as how he's going to mesh with other players on the team. But I think that's also, that's also something that you really can't speak to the importance of enough is, is getting along with the guys and having a rapport and having – I mean, you ain't got to necessarily be friends, but you got to be on the same page. And is it is it going to be difficult for him to acclimate to that while he's also in a new environment? Um, you know, I'm uh, I'm curious to see how that really works out because I think if he gets comfortable around around his teammates and whatnot real quick, then I think that that bodes very well for his his future development and his his future performance. Um. I'm kind of interested to see the defensive backs, kind of interested to see if Dante has continued, you know, working on his craft. I mean, you assume he has, but I mean, has it, has it paid off? Um, I think a lot of us want to see JC Horn. Um, oh yeah. You know, I also want to, <laughs> I, I mean, can we just place a bet? Like, I don't think Greg Little is going to be on this team come week one. I think he's yeah. going to be, he's going to be, he's going to be a camp cut. I, I don't think there's a way around it. I think, I don't think he makes the 53. I don't think he gets put on the practice squad either. I think he goes somewhere the hell else. I don't know. I don't know where, but he's, he's going to go somewhere else. Falcons will probably pick his bum ass up. That's, that's the kind of shit they do down there, you know? 
but I'm out of time. I got to get in here and fix this washing machine. Y'all have a great day. Hope to hear it on the show later tonight. Josh from Mass, much love. Appreciate you, brother. Hey, before we go, uh, jump into what uh, to what Josh said, uh, gotta make sure we never miss the love bombs, man. Earlier, eighty nine J subs again with the one ninety nine. He says to me, Shaq got the most to prove. It's time for him again, man. That's the experiment that keeps on giving. You can go up and down this roster, and you can't really, in my opinion, at least, find one player on this roster that doesn't have a ton to prove. And again, so like you heard Josh right there mention Greg Little. Uh, a lot of people don't think Greg Little is even going to make the roster this year. And, they, you know, it's it's not too far-fetched for people to believe that. The man has been bad. Uh, again, it was a healthy scratch. You don't even have to say bad. You know, we, we don't even have to talk about just what he's done poorly. You could take away all that. Say we didn't even take any of the bad into consideration what has any has he done anything good yet has he you know what i'm saying is that this is i don't even want to talk shit about his play it's just he ain't done nothing yet and it's year four yeah but but for for greg little right year four or is it year three i i I believe it's year three for greg little yeah, because we drafted him. Uh, no, that was yeah, that was Marty. Hurley I thought we drafted him draft. in eighteen. Two thousand was McCaffrey seventeen. No, two thousand eighteen. Yeah, seventeen was McCaffrey. Eighteen was uh, DJ Moore, and then nineteen Brian Burns. DJ, yeah, but who was number two? Who was the second pick in twenty eighteen? It's Greg Little, uh, wasn't it? No, and, and, no, uh, Dante Jackson was the second pick in 2018. Mm. I after. swear, I swear this can't be. Is this, are we truly saying, so people are ready to give up on uh, no, Greg no, Little after one year? I feel like he's played three years in three, so far. Yeah, three. So, yeah, I guess. I this will be it. his fourth year, I think. Yeah, so it, he hasn't been good. And everyone, like, that's not an overstatement. You know, uh, he has not been very good. And um, oh, you know, Kevin, but Kevin says 2019, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, so that still makes it. No, this is 21. Never mind. So yeah, third so, year. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, third or four. I, I knew it was some, some. My fault. That's my fault. Um, um, yeah, but is there another team? You know, you almost want to. It would be a fun. Maybe we should make this our, or one of our short video drops, Cody is what team in the NFL doesn't has a pl- like a roster where every single player has something to prove. Is there another team that doesn't have one guy walking into camp where you're like, I mean like Aaron Rodgers, boom. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you're like sitting there going, "Oh, Tom Brady's got something to prove." Or um, you know, pick a or Tr- Tristan Wirfs or whatever. No, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they have somebody Right. Who they think is f- amazing, you know, yeah. like a top talent in the right. league. Is there anybody in the league that has? Are we the only team in the league that doesn't have a player like Brian Burns and Christian McCaffrey are the two right there? I would say is that if you're going to argue against this thought experiment, it has to be those two players. But I still don't even know if that's even accurate yet because yeah, my, Christian yeah. McCaffrey might be the one that's the least touchable. Moneybag Lawson said, uh, Chan, 
Jeremy Chen doesn't have anything to prove, and Christian McCaffrey. I said earlier that McCaffrey has to prove that he can stay healthy. Because, again, whether you like it or not, it's a trend that whenever people get paid at the running back position, normally they start to incur a bunch of injuries. And that doesn't happen with everyone, but it does happen to a lot of running backs. Um, And then Jeremy Chen, the sophomore slump is a very real thing. And we're trying to move him back to his position at strong safety. So this is uh, all right. Spooked by the doors right here is that this is the easy answer. So the, when I go to sports trivia, um, yeah, AJ McMurphy's on Wednesday night with my boy clip Brock, who I also go on this on pirate radio live every Friday with him, but he has these questions. He's it's the hardest sports trivia in the history world. It sucks, but they have at the end, they have kind of like a stump the Schwab game where it's like, Name the 37 teams that have won the championship for baseball or so, you know, and what you do is you create a list and there's five teams and you go around. So it would be like how many uh, college teams have made bowl games in multiple years at this, whatever. So you make a list and you say the names you're most sure of early before other people like, so you always say Alabama first. Right. Or blah, blah, blah. You know, is that and he put Houston up here. Houston is the one we know for every question that has to do with shitty football right now is the easy answer. They have assumed they've taken over the role of dumpster fire from the Dolphins and from the Browns. And they are the turd of the NFL at this moment. Maybe the Lions. I think the Lions is probably another team. Uh, I saw somebody. They made the yeah. Okay, I give you that. Say, now, I, I saw Jacksonville, which I thought was uh, yeah, the man that. Was I don't believe that. There's somebody on the Jacksonville roster that's good. And Ka- I mean, and Cody Lashney would say Trevor Lawrence. I don't have nothing to prove. <laughs> no, nah, dude. He's, he's the great. No. Oh, dude, he has probably more to prove than anybody right now. Yeah. Speak. All right. I mean, so can we get to uh all right, so can you run through the call real quick? Cause then I have another dovetail pivot. But uh the Josh's, Josh's call. call. Cause we did say uh before we get into the call, and then we had a 12 minute discussion about what team has no, no player. No, he was talking about the dynamics of the football team. Um, you know, he's, he went on to say that um, you know, doesn't think Greg Little uh is gonna make the roster. Um, and you know, it, it basically just kind of mentioned all the things that we're still wondering about with this football team. The the dynamics, you know, is everybody friends? Right. Are, are they going to be able to come in? And if they have any differences, put those aside and be able to play complimentary football. Um, I think it was Trent Scott last year uh, who was getting into fights with Derek Brown at Fan Fest. Like, things, really? Things, yeah, things get chippy, man. Things, you know. Uh, especially when you're uh, in the middle of training camp, these guys are back in dorms for the first time. And, you know, who knows how long, if that hasn't been something that they've done in a while. It's it's semi, is that a ridiculous thing or is that a cool thing? Is it ridiculous that they make them stay in a dorm? It's kind of like a team building exercise, right? There are some positives to it. It's like, hey, guys, we're going to focus. We're going to be together. We're going to live together. We're going to eat together. We're going to hang out together. We're going to become a team. And you're also going to revisit your glory days of college. 
sneak in the bitches, sneak in the boot. No. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, right. is it a good thing, bad thing? I good think job. it's actually, maybe I'm a little nostalgic about it. I think I'm cool, kind of cool with it. Make the gas, you know, you know what is, I'm not saying you should make them sleep on a cot. Bring that dude in a good mattress for whatever sponsor you are with, Carolina, and give him that. But I do yeah. kind of like the team building exercise. But on the other hand, too, these guys are super professionals. The you know, it's not like playing video games is really what they need to be doing uh, to focus for football. Yeah, I agree with sideshow Rob team bonding. You know, it, it's it's that camaraderie type of feel, man. It's like you're literally going away to camp. You know, uh, I imagine it's also cool to kind of get away from your family and friends. Like you're you're away from your normal home environment. It's it's meant to just purely get you into the mode of football. So yeah, I'm into it. I like it. Um, it's not very long for us, I don't think, especially once we open the new facilities. Um, down yeah, there I Rock mean, this Hill. is might be the last year. Yeah, so the yeah, they all they all should enjoy it. Uh, Are we that close to this facility to being built? I believe this is the last. It's year like two years. Maybe it was. Yeah. Mm. I believe. That's, I that's a good be question. I believe I it was a longer wrong. project. CK, what's up? Can you shame these fools? Sixty-four watching. You read my mind. Thirty-five likes on YouTube. Sixty-five watching on YouTube. Thirty-five likes. Come on, guys, hit them. Take away this comment so we can see him do it, Cody. Motherfucking <laughs> subscriber shame. Shame on you, folks, for not just smashing a thumbs up button. Turn your phone to the vertical mode or portrait mode. I believe is the easiest way to find the thumbs on a mobile, at least on my Android. It is. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Tune in, Stitcher. Tune in. Retweet on Facebook or retweet on Twitter. Like on Facebook. We're there doing our thing on Periscope. Or is Para is Periscope even separate from Twitter anymore? Or are they just the same thing? No, it's, I feel like they should just integrate. The yeah. Like, why is there even a separate app at this point? It should almost just be the Periscope feature in Twitter. I, I think that's what it is now. They bought it and they're getting ready to rebrand it. I think at the end of the year or something. Okay. I want to say I read something like that. Uh, Joshua um, says 2023 uh, opening for a new facility. So maybe we right, might. So one one, we might one more year. year. One yeah, more year. Um, I do want to thank everybody for their support. You can call into the show at 252-228-5098. And a lot of people in the chat room, which this is a very rich and lively chat room for people that are listening. If you're listening to the podcast later on, uh, and you want to see where some real good conversation is. This chat room is always popping. And a lot of these guys are reminding me there are a lot of bad teams in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, is I, I, I'm not trying to dump on our team either by saying there's a lot to prove because I like a lot of players. But I just don't even know. There's not one thing that we don't have some sort of question around. And uh, but it turns out there are a lot of shitty teams in the NFL. They reminded me. So <laughs> there are a lot of other fan bases at this moment asking potentially worse questions than we are. Let's go to the next goal. Hey, guys, it's Nick from up here in Mass. So 
Nick. News just dropped today that Chris Hogan just signed with the Saints due to Michael Thomas being injured. Now, this is kind of news to me because I know that he, after he left the Panthers, he went back to go play lacrosse this year, and I guess they just signed him. So I'm curious to see how that's going to affect his schedule between the two. I think he's Maybe done with lacrosse. Maybe he got benched from lacrosse because he wasn't any good. Who knows? Um, but you know, that does affect how week two turn, how week two plays out. I mean, he didn't play too much for us. I think he only played like five or six snaps. But yeah, injuries. In terms of a wide receiver, he's actually halfway decent, or at least he used to be back when he was in New England. Um. So there's Didn't that. he play for and, us uh, for a second? Yeah, the that's what I'm saying. The Sean Watson rumors started back up again. Yeah, and I kind of ask. I mean, what do you guys think? What what message do you think that sends Sam Darnold if Carolina's still asking about the Sean? Hey, there's so, no way they're actually. Love the show, yeah, guys. I mean, Cody, I'll see you guys Friday. Keep pounding. My man, listen. Uh, Nick Montiero has been my de facto co-host. Of the Friday free for all, which, by the way, is shameless plug. Every Friday at 7 p.m., you can join me on the Friday free for all, where any of you can come in and make your voice heard and have a discussion and join me live on stream to talk about anything you want to pertain to Panthers football every Friday at 7 p.m. Shout out to my guy, Nick, who's been there every single Friday. Make sure you check those out. And, um, yeah, again, this, I've said it before. This is the headline that keeps on giving, really, because uh, it doesn't seem to go away, and it's not going to go away. Cue bad jokes. Cue yeah, bad yeah, jokes. Right. Yeah, cue the many numerous jokes on it being a touchy subject or how the story might rub you the wrong way. You know, there's a, there's a lot of different ones. To be made, but you know, I'm going to be a totally mature 31 year old human being and just leave the towel on that one. Um, but basically, um, and I'll even put up the poll, I put up a poll on Twitter yesterday just to get people Let's talking. See it. And, yeah, can we see it for I sure? Want to see it. So, again, feel free uh, to feel free to roast me, blame me for how, how stupid I am. I'm just Hey, man, I'm trying to get the vibe, see what everybody's feeling. Uh, if this was the trade that went through for Deshaun Watson for the Carolina Panthers. Again, this is minus criminal charges, right? Um, I, I How is you, I don't see that in the poll. Where does it say that in the poll? Well, no, the Panthers would receive Deshaun Watson. Well, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> so you said granted minus criminal charges, and then you read the poll, but you didn't put that in the poll. <laughs> yeah, I, did. I definitely didn't, didn't, didn't put that in the poll. Uh, but this is my hypothetical. And you know what? He put plenty of poll into that. Oh. <laughs> I see tons, uh, tons of jokes to be made, folks. Um, but again, roast me, flame away. I said, how would you feel uh, if the Panthers received Deshaun Watson for a 2022 first-round pick, a 2023 first-round pick? CMC and Dante Jackson, and uh, with a resounding 64.2% of the vote, uh, people on Twitter would say hell to the no uh, to that deal. And Tony, it appears as though 
um, with all of this, uh, you know, weird news and allegations hanging around Deshaun, that uh, even that kind of talent uh, is uh, a bridge too far. And granted, it was reported before you before I pass the mic here. It was reported that Carolina did indeed reach out to Houston for what it's worth. I am um, actually, to be honest, uh, given the way that this is is even slow, more slowly playing out. Like the story got so much uh, motion, momentum. I don't know. I was trying to come up with something good and get it fast enough. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, it like started out as soon like, cause he's asking for the trade, it becomes such a hot story. And then, the it becomes, it's like on fire because of what happened, but then it's died down and it has become a long one in the way is that we don't really, there's been really no uh, announcements by the league or developments that we've heard really in the case, in the case, which makes it even more uncertain i think and i was surprised that there were 35 percent of the people that said yes to this deal i think that is the surprising part and i wondered what do you think the poll results would be if deshaun watson didn't participate in this poll 22 22 times yeah i um (laughs) Dude, I think if it was just that was a little smile, good. Come on, it, it was. It, it put a smile on my face. I, I appreciate your attempt. Um, listen, Deshaun Watson. Regardless, he's of not going. He's going. Do you think he's going? How about this? Let's start about this before we talk. And we're not going to talk about really as being a trade or anything like you know. What I mean, because at this point, it's crazy speculation. But do you think he's going to play this season? So everything that I have been hearing, including from Ian Rappaport, uh, would indicate, yes, that the NFL is not in the business of determining if someone is or isn't guilty. And as of right now, until criminal charges are pressed against Deshaun Watson, uh, he is more than likely going to play. He's not even on the commissioner's exempt list yet. Were there, so, were there um, criminal charges pressed against Greg Hardy? Dude, or was I, it just civil? So he settled. Now. He settled out of court. She re- retra- re- redacted and retracted. Yeah, I think she had criminal. Yeah, it was a physical assault, right? I want to know if there. All right, so Tim Tizzy says yes, there were criminal charges filed. Okay, so if they were filed, I guess that slightly changed. I did see a story where I thought that some of these people were going to file criminal charges. I find it uh, very hard to believe that. The NFL, after all of their stance with domestic violence and the, what do you always call it? Signal virtuing that they do. And I don't think it's like virtue signaling. Yeah. Yeah. But the, I don't think that, I'm not trying to say they grandstand all the time. Like, and I think you need to be against a lot of things like, and, you know, kind of draw a line. But if you really turn a blind eye to this story, you know, I mean, they're uh, like you're you're trying to tell me there's no disciplinary action, zero. And if that is the case, if there's zero disciplinary action, then the NFL is either turning the blind eye, sweeping this under the rug, or trying to hope that nobody cares, or 
this is one of the most kind of back, um, vicious reports and character assaults on Deshaun Watson. Agreed. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, Very it can't good. be either or. Well, you know, so it's like, it's either it, something happened and it might not be as bad as some people want. It could be worse than some people think. So, but to act like nothing happened is saying that all these reports are patently false. For what it's worth, Deshaun Watson and his legal team are refusing to sign non-disclosure agreements. So Deshaun, basically what that means is he wants to be able to talk about this. He wants to be able to tell his side of the story and be able to clear his name whenever it comes time, however he might go about doing that. Right. Um, my, my question is this. Let me pose the hypothetical to you, right? Let's say Deshaun never faces any criminal charges. They end up settling or whatever. Point being, this all goes goes away. Are you telling me that this story is enough? And no judgment either way. There is no wrong answer to this. Is is, this, is him even being connected to this story a bridge too far? In what manner? Like to be able to be worthy of a trade? Yeah, like, yeah let's say that David Tepper wanted to bring uh, wanted to bring Deshaun Watson here. But there is another possible quarterback move that we could make. I want to bring up a little bit later. But since we're talking to Sean right now, if Deshaun Watson became the new quarterback for the Carolina Panthers and you knew that he wasn't going to face any legal trouble resulting from this, how many of us are opposing to it? I mean, it's as far as the price of the trade, I still am not fond of, you know, um, regardless of if we knew if we could predict the outcome, uh, I just. The way that we're building our team is that right now we the the price of an elite quarterback, it's really hard to win in, in today's league, right? Uh, it's hard to keep a team together after paying a quarterback elite you know elite type money. Um, so I, I'm not entirely fond of the idea of taking on his contract and losing the draft picks. I mean, like th- that's the part that's tough about it all is yeah. we're not just taking on a contract. We're also losing the potential draft picks of having rookie contracts for anybody else we trade away. So I, I'm still not, you know, it's still a little bit too much. I mean, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the offseason before we traded for Darnold, you know, I would have probably been, yeah, I think it's worth it. But now that we're this way, I mean, we're clearly building this the way that we are. I, I just don't think that there's any chance that we do that, or I don't think it's a good idea either. Okay. I think this is that um, I don't know if I'm ready to even – go down that road, Cody, of whether it's a bridge too far. I'm still hung up on the idea of whether or not without any criminal charges, um, whether he shouldn't face any disciplinary action. And um, I do agree. I've always been very cautious with a lot of players and saying, let's let the legal system play out before we make a judgment. But if this is prevented through financial means, right? If criminal charges were prevented ultimately by making people happy. Yeah. Right. Is that that means that criminal charges probably should have been brought if the person won a million, a a giant millionaire. 
You know, I mean, and so if there is if there is a twenty two million dollar settlement among twenty two women and twenty two non disclosure agreements, but zero criminal charges, and there's zero penalty for him with the NFL, like not even a two game suspension. I am gonna say this is that then I ain't ever gonna buy any punishment the NFL doles out ever again. Oh, You're trying I, to tell me this, like you fail a drug test for weed and you get a two game suspension, but you and like this giant. Right. I mean, this is a, uh, Cody, aren't you a secession fan? Yeah. 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 So I finished I finished the, uh, the whole thing. I watched all of it in the last month. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the equivalent of their. Sc- the scandal. With the, 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 with the the cruise shit yeah, and the, the millions ship. of dollars that NDAs, but that's the same thing. And so is this, is that it doesn't matter if no one, that doesn't take the, the, the stink of it off entirely. And so I would have yeah. less problems with my team bringing in that person than I would with the entire, actually I would have problems with all of that. Is that like a complete turn, blind eye turn to, I just think it's just so bullshit how we get so pissed about something, so pissed about this, and then we don't get pissed about this and this and that. You know, so we we ruin players on this podcast for getting a speed. Look, we were talking about guy getting speed and ticket. I mean, we weren't talking shit. You know what I mean? Like we're pretty cool, but like that is like, oh, bad character. You know what right. I'm saying? Is how about who's worse? Who was the guy that got in trouble where his girlfriend came and he was doing a a threesome with his brother. We talked about it on this oh, show. Uh, uh, Earl Thomas. Yeah, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is is that like this is should Earl Thomas like Earl Thomas would be the better dude if this turns out to be the case. Like if the Deshaun Watson stuff was true, is this and that is Earl Thomas story is less bothersome. And that story was weird as shit. It was very weird. Uh, again, shout out to Jay, 89 J Stubbs for the 199. He says 10 more girls coming out every day. Time to move on. I think uh, there's too much risk associated with this, yeah, and I would I not be surprised if he's on the commissioner's non-exempt list before this is over. I would not be surprised. So um, I, wanna, I wanted to bring up another quarterback thing that's in the news right. and, and, and get your guys' opinion on this, right? So, yeah, I can knows where I'm going with this. Uh, so it is now being reported after all the hullabaloo and all the BS about Aaron Rodgers wanting to be traded to Denver or, you know, you name it, anywhere else. That more than likely is not going to happen at this point in time. Aaron Rodgers is coming back. He's going to play one more season for the Green Bay Packers. And then he's going to do the Tom Brady thing, and they're just going to line up a trade or whatever. They're going to get him out the door, okay? So this has me thinking, right? So we're all wanting Deshaun Watson at a point in time because of the talent that he represents. But if we were, if we were going to pull the trigger on Deshaun, we would essentially have to do that before ever getting to see what we actually have in Sam Darnold as exactly. a player, right? So what about this idea? 
let's say Sam Darnold plays this whole year and our worst nightmares come true and he is the exact quarterback that he was with the New York Jets. And we just, we whiffed and we brought in Sam Darnold and he isn't the guy. But now, potentially, we might have a chance to trade for Aaron Rodgers, which I believe at that time he'll be, what, I believe 37, uh, 36 or 37. So he's getting older, but again, it is one of, you know, some say maybe even the best quarterback in the NFL. So, um, again, we're kind of going far ahead here. This is assuming Sam Darnold doesn't do the job. But do you think the Panthers in that scenario would be interested in trading for one Aaron Rodgers? And would you be interested in Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback of your football team? Whoever wants to jump in. I mean, number again, I I guess that this – all depends upon the asking price. Uh, so this new deal that Aaron Rodgers signed, um, it was essentially going to give Aaron Rodgers control, more control over what his future looks like um, when he, you know, when this offseason ends. Um, do, I mean, let, let's talk about the hypothetical. Supposedly there was no additional money. Oh. That's what it we actually heard. made a little Supposedly. bit of cap for next trip. Yeah. They gave yeah, him a little extra that- cap for this year. Um, there was some sort of there's these, I guess one he gets to dictate who he's traded to. Is there that like a no train clause type of thing? It's a trade like he has to. Uh, he can tell them who he can be traded. Like yeah, he yeah, has yeah. to prove it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, let, let, let me ask you about the hypothetical in that case because right now, I mean, they're all kind of under the assumption that he's going to be gone um, based on his performance last year as an MVP. You know, uh, reigning MVP of the league. What is the asking price? So, uh, what I'm hearing is that you can copy and paste any of these three names, and the asking price is about the same. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. Yes, even Deshaun. There's are, not a. There's not are, a. Are going for three first round picks and players. There's not a soul on this planet that's going to trade for a, a quarterback his age and give away three quarter, three first round picks. He's a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but he is old in comparison to other, uh, other opportunity. I mean, other quarterbacks in the league. I mean, the real, I mean, can you guys, is there anybody in this, in this chat right now that would say that it, it's worth giving away three first round picks for the next three years? That would be potential, you know, building blocks to build on like, and we're taking on right. a contract that's elite. I think we are maybe um, inflating what it would take to get him next year. I hear. I'm just saying. Is that might be the asking price, like right now, if you did that today? But I have not like studied the contract, uh, the contract revisions. But I've just listened to some talk radio, Dan Patrick, and some stuff in the morning. And from what one of the things I think this does is makes this year the last year that the Packers have control whether or not he's there. Right. So he can sit out next year and force a trade. And that would drive the the price down. So I don't think they're going to get the uh the kind of bonanza load of picks for him. I think you get a reasonable. 
I think it'd be a little bit better than Matt Stafford trade. Because on top of that, um, he has to go out and be another MVP this year. If he if he throw you know if he has a season that's three quarters of last year, what's everybody gonna exactly. say? Exactly. He's on the decline. He's on the decline. All right. So that's one point I want to make. The other point when it comes to like whether or not thinking about him in Carolina. So let's take away the hyperbole of three picks and other players. Say you can get him for like a first and a player or two firsts or something like that. Say it was a reasonable trade. What would Carolina need to be this year to indicate that that would be the over-the-top move? And I think this is, number one, we would have to have a pretty good damn team. The Bucks were 7-9 and nine before Tom Brady got there. So they were one game under 500. I and think they- we would have to be over 500 and in spite of Sam Darnold. That would well, be the like, circumstances that not only were we good, right? We were kind of just over. I think we'd have to be nine and eight. Nine and eight. Nine and eight, and, eight, and, and Sam Darnold sucked. I think I think we would that have to be nine and eight. eight. That would be. But what if you're if you're nine and eight and Sam Darnold's okay? Are you really that close? Maybe, maybe not. Like what would be the signal to you that we were close enough to go make the the so, move? One, I would say the defense. Uh, if our defense uh, has the kind of view that we're basically predicting them to have, being a very aggressive, um, you know, I even see us, see us being a more blitz-heavy defense this year potentially than we were last yeah, year yeah. i think we're going to be a lot better in our defensive backfield um so i think that has a lot to do with it and then uh, again i think it also depends on again me and you were talking about ro- rookie receivers here but we don't know what's going to be of dj Moore and robbie anderson because they're both going to need new contracts so a lot of it depends on uh potentially if uh uh terrace marshall and maybe even shy smith uh, become a, a fixture on the roster and be one of these players that, uh, again, you shake your head, but I say dependable, a dependable option at receiver. Um, I think that's a big deal. I think Christian McCaffrey having another big year um, like he did two years ago would probably be another um, important piece for him. Can I tell uh, you and, what I think it has to be? Yeah, sure. I'll tell you this right out of the gate. Right now, Aaron Rodgers is unhappy with this staff, and they have Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. All right. The one piece that I think he would probably be more impressed by and be more appreciative of is if our offensive line plays well. If our offensive line plays well, then we are a, uh, like, we have a lot of pieces right now. Like, whether or not Robbie Anderson's here next year, I don't think he will be. Um, you know, unless he has some crazy year, but even if he does have a crazy year, like we're not going to be able to afford him and DJ Moore. And DJ Moore is clearly going to be the the priority between the two of those guys. Um, but I, even with DJ Moore and with the the pos- the potential that Terrace and 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 Shai Smith present, um, I think that it would have to be our offensive line because right now our, our wide receiver the weapons are there. Christian McCaffrey's uh, assuming he still is Christian McCaffrey that we know and love uh, this season. He's going to be uh, something that draws him in. 
I mean, he's already got those pieces over there at, at Green Bay. So whether or not our offensive line is going to be the biggest place, biggest piece of the uh, question mark. He's had a piece. He's had a decent offensive line and a piece in Adams. I uh, smell collusion in Green Bay. That's what I smell. Between collusion. Adams and uh, and and Rodgers? Yes. I think they're both out of there together. You know, I don't right? think it's collusion. That- I think it makes sense for Adams. Like, let's be honest. I mean, he's seen what they have as far as a backup quarterback. And does he want that to be his quarterback or does he want Aaron Rodgers? And right now with that question mark, why would he sign a long-term deal to be in a, in a on a uh, on a team that he's not really sold is going to be very good? That's collusion. They're colluding together. They're going to be both, together. They're, both they're, they're, they're like, we're blood brothers. They spit on their hand and shook their hand. They, uh, they we out of here. We're going to be Colts. They'll probably both fucking be Colts. They both put on their Instagram the uh, Michael uh, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen uh, fist bump from the last dance. So, yeah, there's definitely they've definitely been coordinating with one another. To yeah, yeah, I think one another team. But hey, man, but CK, the- you're exactly right. Is why would Devonte Adams? Even, I mean, yes, would you want to be the highest paid player? But you're going to be the highest paid player, arguably. Right. Next year, too, if you don't get hurt and Aaron Rodgers is trying to become the highest, best quarterback in the league. So it's like they're both on contract deals. Right. Both of these guys, they're the best of the business. They're the best tandem, arguably, in football. They're certainly the most successful in the red zone out of any combo. Yeah, And um, these yeah. two guys got something to prove. Yeah. I mean, these mugs are making. And imagine if you're Devontae Adams, you sign the five year deal, and then Aaron Rodgers walks, and then you're just in a misery. Yeah, like man. you said, ZK, you know, right. like he's seeing. Um, uh, hey, uh, real quick, once again, shout out to 89 Chase Stubbs for the 199. How would you feel if we landed Stafford instead? Um,. Again, I think I, the I mean, only thing I think the only negative with Stafford was I, I think a lot of us would have been very pleased with a move from Teddy right. Bridgewater to Matt Stafford. So I don't think it's whether or not if that's an upgrade or not. It's just is Matt Stafford. We're talking about a win now kind of mentality when we talk about that Aaron Rodgers in the future, right? Like that's the piece you would add. The Matt Stafford trade cost enough in capital to it kind of being a win-now trade. Like, the Rams didn't get Matt Stafford for him to be good for three to five years. They got him to be good for the next two years with the hopes he could be good for five years. You know what I'm saying? Like, they believed that they were a piece away. If we got Stafford and we gave that up, we'd still be pieces away is what I think. Yeah, I think so too, man. And, uh, it's also very telling that that was our first choice. That was our our first choice. If it was not for the Rams uh, coming in and giving them the exact deal that they were looking for, he would be a Carolina Panthers. Right. Well, what would have been what would have been the plan then? What do you think would have been the plan if that was the case? Because I feel like that would be a bad move because yeah. it's a lot of expense with a kind of a short-term payoff. I think the Darnold move is actually interesting because it kind of has a low-risk, high-reward scenario to it. Right. The Matt Stafford trade would have been 
lower risk certain i mean it would have been uh you know you were you know a lower or um, higher floor but is the payoff for what you put the money on the table really worth it yeah I, he has a you're still kind of hoping that maybe sam donald has a higher ceiling than right. than matthew stafford and let's be frank that's what we're all and that might be part just for. time too it might not even be like what they are at their yeah. best you know what i'm saying if you compare matt stafford's best season to what we think may be sam darnold's season matt stafford's may very well still be better than that but the time is shorter for matt stafford right yeah it's a lot shorter for matthew stafford um again that was like i actually think matthew stafford's probably gonna have a good year this year yeah, the Rams. the Rams are trying to get in it right now, homie. Yeah, they ain't and trying they, to fuck around. Like they're trying to do their thing, and the Cam Akers torn ACL hurt them, man. If if we had the kind of roster that the Rams do, and we had the coach with the the pedigree that the Rams do, then I would be much more excited about Matthew Stafford if he was on this team, but. I, I think Sam Donald is in the perfect scenario I agree. situation for him to do all the things that he wanted to do with his NFL career. He has an opportunity to resurrect his career more than Daryl Williams did in Buffalo. All right, let's go to the next call. What's up, fellas? This is Corey calling in. It's been a, been a while since I made a call. But I just What's up, Corey? To, uh, talk about something y'all talking about last show. It kind of tickled me a little bit. It's not a, nothing big, but y'all going over the safety position and um, Cody was, was reading off the roster and he was talking about our safeties were old as fuck. But, bro, you were reading off the jersey numbers, not the age. Like, bro, you know damn well we ain't got nobody that's 37 or 42 years old on our team. We're the youngest team in the league. But, um... I that didn't hear funny, that. Is this on the podcast or the um, free for all? Yeah, I wasn't reading off the jersey numbers. We got some old dudes. And um, y'all did talk about Kenny Robinson for a quick little second. I'm not going to, you know, put too much faith into him. But if anybody on our team could step in and be that next free safety uh, for the foreseeable future, it's definitely him. If anybody doesn't know his story, man, like he's a, he's a really talented player. He's 22 years old, went to West Virginia. Um, and balled the fuck out. Like he was first team all Big Twelve, had like defensive touchdowns, interceptions, the whole the whole nine yards. Ended up getting uh, kicked off the team for academic fraud, and had to go to the XFL to basically pay for his mother's medical bills. I believe and even bought out in the XFL too. Yeah, that so, was a story uh, a year or two ago in camp or whatever. So safety's gonna be weak, but I mean, I'm not gonna bank on Kenny Robinson being that guy. But if anybody can be that guy, I feel like. Um, he has potential, and, and at least the the youth and the athleticism to kind of step in and see if we got anything in that position. But I just wanted to call in, man. I thought that was pretty funny. You you know damn well, you know, forty two year old or no thirty seven year old on the team playing safety. But um, appreciate. Yeah, I said that call. was a I, uh, I hope you. I hope you're not. And if I missed that, then shame on me for missing that too, because Burris is twenty eight, and he is the old dude in the squad. And really, the point. Kind of the point that Cody's trying to make is that, again, a lot of questions right, and a lot to prove. I like Sam Franklin. I think Sam Franklin is kind of me, like the safety version of Jermaine Carter Jr. 
I, you know, what I mean, like it's like when they've stepped in and they've called their number, they haven't been that bad. You know, what I'm saying these guys are itching to prove something. Justin Burris, though, is the slated starter, it feels like. And again, we're talking about continued question marks, not question marks, questions surrounding the team. Not like any of these players themselves are a question mark, but what are are we are we strong enough at safety to maintain through injuries? Can a guy like Kenny Robinson or Sam Franklin step in despite only being potential at this moment? And someone put up this is uh Panthers Buzz Buzz FSU said that the Panthers potentially have a better roster than the Rams. And I don't want to like over argue to this because I think there is um, a lot of talent on our roster. I'm excited. A lot of players, but they definitely most certainly passed the, is there a player on your team that there are no question marks or nothing to prove easier than we do? Cause one Aaron Donald happens to be the best, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right. At the very minimum, we you know, is that Aaron Donald has nothing to prove. No. So I don't really want to fight this point. My logic against the point is not to say that that one example, but we've been continuing to try to find, uh, you know, these parallels that we've been making. Yeah. Um, yeah Cody, uh, how old am I? How old are you? Uh, yeah. If you say 42, I'm going to bust you in your face. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, next call, numbers 252-228-5098. going on, C3 Nation? It's your boy, Jay Anderson, hitting y'all up. Training camp is here. Well, so, man, it's, what, it's basically been two years since the whole, you know, since they've been back to Spartanburg. So it's going to be different. It's going to be hot, hot as hell. So who? Whoever going out there, make sure you um, make sure you stay hydrated for real. Stay right, cool. Right. I ain't care if they having training camp at eight o'clock. It's still going to be hot because Spartanburg is hot like no other. <laughs> this well might be the hottest you, place on the East North Coast. Carolina, man, if you driving out 80, 85 South, man, please be careful. I would say take a detour. You know, once you get inside, once you get inside of South Carolina, man, just hit, you know, if traffic ain't that bad, just hit, um, exit 106 and drive on down to Highway 29. It'll take you right to Spartanburg. You got to avoid all of it, avoid all that traffic because there's, there's some bad traffic there. So other than that, man, this one, I'm going up, going up there to see what's going on at training camp, see what's, you know, what happened. Everything. Um, want to hear what y'all think? What's y'all favorite moment of training camp? Training camp that y'all been? Ooh, like, great question. What did y'all see while y'all was out there? I remember, you know, of course, I remember the what's whole your camp worst one? And, um, and Josh Norman old situation. And the media got on Cam so bad. And it was like, Cam was like, Cam and the boys was like, man, ain't nothing. It's just football and everything. But what's y'all favorite moment? Uh, appreciate you, Jay. Uh, so I've never been to Spartanburg. Uh, I've never been. To it the is the place. hottest place in the world. Yeah, it's, I, a, I, it's I, not I, easy. It's miserable. It's miserable. It's the armpit of hell. 
the one that jumps off for me is definitely the Cam Newton, Josh Norman tweet uh, that went around of them fighting at the time. Uh, hey, shout out 89 J Stubbs. Going to end up cutting good players. Uh, been a man. I hope not, but again, thank you for the donation. Um, yeah, again, so as somebody who has not been to uh, a training camp at Spartanburg, like if I'm thinking of, uh, you know, just memorable training camp moments, obviously the first one that jumps to my mind, Cam Newton, Josh Norman going at it. Um, and also, I don't remember the timeline of events. I don't remember if that was before or after Kelvin Benjamin went down for the year. I think it may have been before, but I just remember in that whole offseason, especially after Kelvin Benjamin went down, like nobody was expecting us to do anything that no. season. So I think that that competitive grind between Cam Newton and and uh, and Josh Norman, I think that was an indicator of things to come. So, um, yeah, that's it. Might be the easy. Uh, the easy answer, but that's right. probably the one I picked. So one of the first training camps I think we I went to was 2015, right? And we kind of didn't know what was happening at the moment. I think it was 2015. Pretty sure this is when I met uh, like Lynn Leonhart, um and the Girl Gang, right? So a lot of people showed up there. Kind of, we've been talking on the internet, on Twitter, on the podcast and stuff, and people have made a lot of friendships and bonds, and they actually met each other um, up at training camp. We took pictures together. You know what I mean? Like, it was fun. It was, like, nice meeting people that you would right. talk to and this and from afar. And one of the cool things about that training camp, too, was we not only were there for a lot of the camp, but then we took uh, we rode back to Charlotte together. And I stayed an extra day and stuff like that. And we went on a, um, and my wife and stayed with our friend, you know, so like a, a trip that was supposed to be good, got longer and better. And we went on uh, one of those private. Said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Watson's masseuse. Um, <laughs> but we went on a, and a, like, like maybe 10 or 12 of us went on a, one of those private tours of bank of America where they show you the locker rooms, they show you the suites, yep. they show you the press box, they get to go, you get to go look at the field on the, on the face, you know, you can't step on it because they used to have real grass. Now we could all probably just go do grass angels in it or something like that. But uh, in a fun time, this was when they also put the, the first year they put the statue out of Richardson and the Panthers and the Cats. You remember that was the no. year they unveiled that, so it was brand new. So we got this um, uh, tour of the statements fun with a lot of cool people. Like we're having a great time, and in the heat of the moment, in the excitement of the moment, I climbed on top of one of the Panthers and took an epic picture picture right beside Jerry Richardson on on top of the Panther. And the Panther security came out immediately and said, you got to get down from there. It was a good picture. That was my profile pic on Twitter for a while. That's one of my good training camp stories. And I think uh, also 
that may have been the same year that planted the seed for one of the best moments in the podcast, which I still can't find the audio. I've been looking all over my computer as you were talking. Devin Funches said his favorite food was salad. And the salad boy concept was born. Classic. In that training camp. I just also saw Devin Funches was in the news recently. None of you saw it? No, I didn't see this. He, uh, yeah, he caught like a football dropped out of a helicopter from like seven. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he broke a roll Yeah, and how about this? And then immediately the tweets came out. I was like, "Why didn't you catch that for us?" <laughs> I was like, "I was like, true." She knew that was coming too. Like true. it wasn't even. <laughs> I know. I mean, but true. The true statement is this: is a man who. That would be like Ted Ginn going in and setting that record for us, for anybody. I would be so pissed. I'd be like, motherfucker, you can catch this football that's been thrown from the moon, but you can't catch a 60-yard bomb. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Uh, All right, let's move. uh, uh, Go ahead and play that, and then after. um, All right. uh, Next call. We'll show this. Hey, this is Kevin from Charleston. Uh so I was on the Cody's little thing on Friday, and the we had a free kind for of all. interesting thing where I asked, who do you think is going to have more touchdowns this season, uh, our tight end Arnold or Terrence Marshall Jr.? Everyone said Arnold, which surprised the hell out of me. But I was wondering, uh, what do y'all guys think about that? Yeah. And also, I would like to ice up Cody, just like oh, Tony boy. did. For giving the Beastie Boys shit, oh, right? Lord. Like Cody, what do you? What's going on, Cody? Like, what do you want? What are you drinking? Are you drinking that brass monkey? That funky? That monkey? funky monkey? monkey that funky what monkey? What What the hell, bro? Um, bro. what is that? Actually, uh, so as I I've talked all week to people about you. In this uh, Beastie Boys, like all my friends, and they come and hang out at the pool, like this and that. I'm like, man, you would not believe this homeboy. And interesting point, someone brought up to me and uh, actually supports my statement and maybe can inform your opinion a little bit, is that that first album, Licensed to Ill, was intentionally, it was like, parody music too at the same time like they knew they were fucking making fun of frat boy you know what i'm saying there was an element of um intent behind some of that right and so there was a a sort of little dicky ishness to it and by the way, if y'all don't listen to Little Dicky, you fools, bro. You're wrong, bro. You're you're wrong man. Di- you know what the difference between Little Dicky and the Beastie Boys are? Don't say Lil, it. Little Dicky actually has bars. Has flow. Has yeah, flow. Like, that's that's right. Dr. No, Seuss no. ass. One fish, oh, shut two up. fish. Stop, stop. Red fish, blue fish, bullshit. Y'all are talking. I muted him. I can't. I don't want to hear <laughs> I muted him. Ha ha, the first time I've 
ever. Oh, and he unmuted himself. Unmuted, dude. I am, dude. I don't care if I'm so wrong on this, bro. I don't care if everyone hates my opinion. You are wrong. You should care if you're wrong. That is wrong. You cannot care if you're wrong. Like if you're not, like you cannot say I don't care if I'm wrong. I don't. You can't say that. Maybe if you're wrong, wrong, you should care. And you are wrong, sir. And I agree with that. Is that that brass monkey? That for. Uh, what? What? I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't hear you, bro. Were you saying something? Oh saying my! Something? What? Oh! What? Oh! Oh! Don't double charge me! Oh! oh don't double charge me! Cause you might just fight. Nah, that's a little dicky line. Um, so I just uh, turned my boy on to little dicky. Yeah, I mean, he had heard some of the stuff I said. Look at this shit. You gotta watch the videos when you listen to his songs. Like you, I mean, like if you don't watch the videos when you listen to his songs, you're doing yourself a disservice. You get half of it. But I showed him that pillow chalk joint. Have you seen that one where the little brain comes out? The what, the music. It's called video? pillow talk. It's it's twelve. It's eleven minutes long. Go watch it after this show. That is all of y'all's homework. Uh, because this pillow talk, and he's like, so I was saying, I said, look, this dude is the dope. He's so funny. He's so smart. He's got this. He's like, and I played it to him. He's like, the first 45 seconds go. You can see his face. He's like, this beat ain't that good. This and that. And then it just drops. And he's like, oh, shit. I mean, and, and then, I mean, oh, like, and he fell in love. What's your pillow favorite, talk. what's your favorite Beastie Boys song? Brass Monkey. Brass Monkey? Yeah. That's that funky junkin. Yeah, that's my that, favorite. You know, off the top of your head? License the Ill. My very first tape everybody, anybody ever gave me. I can tell you the first three tapes I owned. The first one I got was License the Ill. I got it when I was six. This 11-year-old kid gave it to me. John. Start with C, his last name. All right. And then uh, I got my next tape. was a Public Enemy single. 911 is joking your town. <laughs> and if you ain't ever heard that, that's some real social warrior shit right there. I mean, like these people are 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 I mean, that's like uh KRS is one whoop whoop sound of police. 911 joke in your town is like of that. And then uh and then my third uh tape I ever got. Now this is funny. Nickens and Shaquille O'Neal dropped the single together. Bars, I bet. Bars. That was awesome. It was. By the way, real quick. Got this dance that's more than real. Drink brass monkey. Here's how you feel. Put your left leg down, your right leg up. Tilt your head back. Let's finish the cup. If that is not the most simplistic, like, dude, it's, it's about, I think it's about frat early, boys man. getting shit this, faced. If you, listen, oh, this is my right, we're not talking if about. If you look at uh, uh, the numbers two, five, two, <laughs> two, two. I guess I'm just going to handle it from here, guys. Uh, <laughs> Uh, 
The number two five two. You muted me back. <laughs> yeah, you uh, muted me back. I said, I said this. I said, uh, let's go to the next <laughs> call. I thought I had it, and then you muted me back. Yo, I muted you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm going to take away your privileges, young man. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to the next call. The number is 252 That was funny. That was and just like this call ain't playing, it's not funny. Hi, this is Steve from Myrtle Beach calling. How you guys doing? What's up, Steve? Um, I want to talk about the running games uh, for the Panthers. I'm looking at the numbers for 2019, and the opponents had over about 400 more yards rushing than we did. Mm. And last year, they did 200 more yards than us. So I hope that we have some better run blockers and defenders coming in. The linebackers are going to be very important because we need to definitely improve our run defense, especially. That's my, one of my concerns. Now right. I want to talk about the Panthers' offense. Now we're all worried about Christian McCaffrey getting too many carries and too many runs, et cetera. Well, he had 1387 in 2019 rushing and um, 1,005 receiving yards. I would love to reverse that and do a thousand rushing yards and about fourteen hundred receiving yards. I think we have enough running backs on the roster now, including Hubbard and the other new guys, and especially our new tight end staff. And uh, I think they can definitely make up the difference there and keep Christian uh, more healthy and get him more involved in the run game. I'm sorry, in the passing game. Um, I think they may need to keep a little more running backs in this case, and they may need less receivers um, to, to help this work out because Christian is going to take a lot more uh, receiving yards uh, than he did last year, of course. Uh, that will keep him healthy and happy and uh, keep the team looking good. Um, like I said, I'm looking forward to the new season now. You guys all have a great day. Bye-bye. Fantastic. Whoa. Oh. What did he say at the end? Oh, he said, have a great day. Yeah. What did you think he said? Okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Back to the running game is that um, I think he, imagine I think, he, how, I think he thought they said something. Uh, he said something negative about the Beastie Boys. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I bet that's what it was. I muted it. I, I muted. I missed the end of the call. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the uh, running game, though, um, uh, he's talking about how our run defense, right? He was not talking about the run. He was talking about how people rushed against us. So that's the rush. Def- Imagine, uh, and he was saying approved from 2019 to 2020. 2019, fucking atrocious. Only, you know, 2018, 2019, Panthers run defense, though abysmal. And it looked like it was going to become that way last year. Imagine the improvement had Whitehead not started any of those games. (laughs) You know, I mean, think about it. Is our run defense got better when he got taken out? I mean, it's just yeah. like the whole defense got better when he got taken out. Uh, in fact, one of those plays, there was one play that somebody broke one in a game and like for like a hundred yard, like a 95 yard touchdown against us. And remember we played that play and it just like whitehead, they snapped the ball and he just randomly threw himself into a pile of bodies. Like he just <laughs> looked like he had no, like he didn't know what he was doing. He just turns like, I'm just going to throw myself yep. at these yep. people over here. And it was a complete <laughs> wrong decision. It's like, you didn't even look. Like you just bleh, like out of sorts. So imagine uh, our run defense. That number was two something. It might have been we might have had a positive number rushing against their defenses had Whitehead not played. 
Terrell Whitehead was just all around terrible for our defense. Where is he at now? Do we know? Did he go anywhere? Hopefully at home. Hopefully is uh, you know what? he's probably setting a record with Devin Funches somewhere for like the most tackles of a whatever of a donkey. But then to have to go to Luke Kickley to him, man, that's just such a steep drop off. Um, but yeah, no, tremendous call. I think we have a bunch of different ways to get Christian McCaffrey uh, more involved in the game plan and more involved in the passing attack uh, while also lightening the load and not running him into the ground uh, a la Ron Rivera. Again, that, you know, you talked about it earlier, Tony. We might still be dealing with a, a little PTSD from that Ron Rivera, Marty Herney era. Um, and I think that we're still ha- hoping that we're not seeing the same sins of the past repeated over and over by us continuing to just abuse Christian McCaffrey. Um, I, I, I think that Christian being healthy is pivotal to our game plan and our identity on the football team because he's a weapon in uh, the running game and in the passing attack. So him getting going means that we're going to be able to do both really well. So, again, I love having Christian on the field. We all do. But he has to stay healthy. And if we're going to run him on 97% of the plays like Ron Rivera was, that's unacceptable. And regardless of how much money he makes, that isn't a recipe for career trajectory. Um, Slideshow, Rob said, he should we pick up to here as a backup? I almost be more comfortable picking up Colin Jones at this point than... <laughs> And you know there ain't a player on this podcast. He's on the he's on the top five of players I don't want on my team. Right. Or right. pollen pones as Pat Coltrane calls. <laughs> uh but like I mean, damn, is Terrier Whitehead played six games for us and entered the conversation of some of the most ugh, players. I wouldn't I wouldn't trust Terrier Whitehead to I know you're trolling Slatsaber. <laughs> I wouldn't, I, know, I, wouldn't, it's I, wouldn't, like, I wouldn't trust Terrier Whitehead to pick up the garbage in front of my house, dude. Dude, <laughs> uh, Colin, Colin Jones played for this team for like 17 years, it felt like. And uh, Whitehead played for six games, and it felt like 17 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. 252 uh, 
And if you go back to that last month of football that he played, he played like a number one cornerback. Let's go back to the game. With well, the that's a little rich. He was matched up with Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy had 941 receiving yards this past year. Dante held him two catches for 40, 42 yards that game. Not to mention a big chunk of that was a 31-yard pass. The defense gave up when Jerry Judy was actually matched up on Rasul Douglas that play. Rasul Douglas got torched that game. Because that was the game he also had two catches. I mean, Taylor Hamlin had two catches for 81 yards and two touchdowns against him. It's not that hard. They were throwing away from This him. man is Next stumping week, for Dante He's matched up Devontae Adams, the best receiver in the You thought I was bad. Seven catches, 42 yards. But on when Dante was covering him, it was only two catches for three yards. Now, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers was scared, you know what I'm saying? But if you go back and look at the tape, he's definitely not scared. I'm not saying that. I mean, he just wasn't looking that way, though. I mean, the tape doesn't lie. He only targeted him four times. Let's go to the game after that, the Washington game. Terry McLaurin didn't play. Dante's assignment is Cam Sims. He held him three catches for 40 yards on 11 targets. Three pass deflections. Come on now. I got some more on that Washington game later, but let's go to the season finale against the Saints. Marquez Callaway held him to two catches for 36 yards on four targets. That's significant because earlier in the season, he went against Marquez Callaway and dealing with the toe injury. And Callaway got him for eight catches for 65 yards. So a significant improvement when Dante's healthy. Here's why I'm going to have to stop and go to another call. But come on, y'all. Y'all got to talk to me. That's the number one call. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. You go ahead, Curtin. Uh, dude, 89 J Stubbs with the 199 has a pretty damn good answer himself. Drafted the DB with the eighth overall pick for a reason. Uh, yeah, and I 100% agree with that sentiment. If, if Dante Jackson was a number one shutdown corner, which again, we all hope that he magically just turns into because right. it benefits us. But if he was that kind of player up until now, yeah, we wouldn't be taking uh, a cornerback over a quarterback uh, with our first pick in the draft this year. So, again, man, listen, uh, I was on team, you know, when me and uh, Tony were debating it, you know, I was, I was, I'm on team Dante, dude. I think he has the potential to have a huge year now that we have better pieces around him. Um, I think uh, our defensive line and our front seven specifically are going to allow Dante to play much faster than he's previously been able to before. Uh, and having J.C. Horn on the other side, that's like, dude, having two dogs that can both run a 4-3 and, and have incredible ups can jump. Like, these guys are athletic beasts. And what Dante Jackson lacks in size, he does make up for with that feisty attitude that he has. And that's why I think everyone is so excited about the potential tandem of both J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson. C.K., do you think Dante Jackson has exceeded expectations, met expectations, or fallen short of expectations? Met expectations. Okay. I think that's he's, fair. He's, I he's, don't like that. Sh- he's made the team every year. You know, it's it's not I like... He was that second-round pick. He better make the team every year. I mean, are you sure Greg Little's about to make the team? No. Does uh, Kevin ben- Kevin Benjamin on the team? Is exactly. Dan Bunches on the team? I mean, I got you. Um, I, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not disappointed with Dante Jackson at all, but I also think that uh, expecting him to be the number one guy is probably too much of an ask. 
You know, as I think he right. could be a good, good football player. Like he has some super athletic ability. He has football instincts. He's kind of got the the kind of swag, swagger, swagger right. that you need to play a corner. But he is remarkably undersized. Right. Shout I mean, out to and so, that man that was here for the five dollars who just says, "What that bear doing?" Appreciate you, bro. Uh, so uh, the the idea though is this: is that I am not disappointed. I actually have not thought that Dante's been a bad player. Right. I don't think so. I think that um, his rookie year he flashed um, as a ball, you know, as having a lot of potential. Like there was a lot of excitement that brewed because the hype that came with Dante felt like it was being matched on the field in his rookie year. Yeah. Right? And, and then how we many get... Did he have? How many interceptions he had? It was like five or six or something. It felt like four. Maybe it was four. But a lot of them were. Someone, every time this... Somebody, I saw this on Twitter when somebody brought it up. And they are right. Like, there was a couple of those just meatballs that the defensive line created. And this ball, he was just sitting there going, whoop. And then he can run 4-2. And it was yeah. just like... See you later, motherfuckers. You know, what I mean, all of a sudden he right. looked like uh he like, jumps uh, like a roadrunner in the air, too. Do y'all remember that picture? Uh during one of those interceptions, I forget which one, but it looked like Dante jumped 10 feet high to get one of those interceptions, dude. It, yeah, like he, so he really I think is. that I think the hype was sort of met with uh some results in that first season which fanned a lot of expectations even more, right? Like it kind of created more expectation. But then we had the whole all or nothing stuff and the, you know, man, it just felt like something, man, the whole defense was funky that year. And that we, you know, I mean, for the next two years, the whole defense has been funky. And the call, and Swiss is right, is that Dante played well last year when he was available. Yeah. Right. And then the problem now is this, is that first it was, oh, can he meet his potential and can he mature? Now it seems like he matured and now he's getting injured. Right. So I don't yeah. dislike Dante. I just, again, think this circles back to our kind of thought experiment is he's got something to prove. Certainly has something to prove. Uh, Shout out right. real quick to uh, the real zero chill. He says, "Does a healthy Dante Jackson make our secondary better or worse?" I say better. And, and, Clearly, yeah. And uh, another good point: uh, How many defensive coordinators has Dante Jackson played under so far? Yeah. How many? So okay, Three? he was drafted Three? in the la the final year of Ron Rivera. So he was drafted in the final. No, he was. He wouldn't draft nah, in the final year. Two years. No, it was the year before. Yeah, it was the year before. Dude, so he played. He uh, so he had Eric Washington for two years. Now nah, he had Eric Washington for a year. No, Eric Washington got two years. Nah, then remember he took it away from him and they co-hosted it mm -hmm. the last year. Well, that's what I mean. But he was yeah, still Ron, Ra Ron Rivera took over it. Took over play calling, but he was still defensive coordinator at least by right. title. Right. So, I mean, so he's really two, had, he's had maybe. two, yeah. And Nathan says that we can't make the same mistake with him that we did with Shaq. Pay him all that money, too. 
Yeah, that's and, damn and, true. And I agree right with here. that. Is that he? Like, I mean, I'm a rooting for this dude to be a player. Yeah, but at this same point, I'm not. Again, a lot of these players, and that kind of goes back to another call that was talking about Terrence Marshall Jr. And um, I hope he is sensational, but I ain't banking on it. Right. And I hope that um, Dante Jackson can overcome these injuries and kind of fulfill that initial potential that we thought we saw or that hype we thought. You know, I mean, there's some real talent there, like a natural talent, like the ball hawk. I mean, there's just things that you can't teach. You can't teach speed. You can't teach being in the right place at the right time all the time. So there's something special to him. It's just can when will he put it all when will it all come together and how much is it gonna cost? Here's the back end of the call right here. All right, I'm gonna try to be quick at this call, but come on now, that's number one cornerback play. What you talking to me? I mean, we can only go off that, right? His last game. His last game, his last month was pretty consistent. Is the toe thing y'all issues? I mean, Deion Sanders said it best. If you hurt below, you can't cope. But he did. That's toughness to me because obviously he can't be the fastest cornerback in the league, which he is, if he can't plant his foot and change direction. Sounds to me like a player that wanted to prove himself to the coaching staff. Even though he said he won't try to, we knew he was. New staff, new regime. You got to prove you belong. And he did. Meanwhile, y'all boy Eli Apple wouldn't even practice. Come on now. So don't tell, don't me, say my boy. Don't tell me he ain't tough. That's why he Eli Apple the wasn't on. I mean, I'm pressing on the coaching staff if you're wondering. Come on now. He was out there setting the standard. Don't tell me he's injury prone. He's only missed five out of 48 games. And now I'm about to get into legit my biggest gripe. When y'all be trying to like act like him getting interceptions and takeaways is no big deal. You really say, look at the CK. I know you'd be saying, look at how many interceptions stone stone, but what's wrong with that? There's what nothing wrong, wrong with that. You really trying to penalize the man for being in the right spot at the right time. What about the one interception Jeremy Chen got this year against the Bears when Foe was understood when he was on the run? Was that not right to him? What about the um, Justin Burris pick in that back to the end zone against Matt Ryan? Was that not right to him? What no. about the pick that Trey yeah. Boston? I mean, all the picks that he dropped this year. He was in position to drop those. I mean, come on now. Hey, listen, I knew from the get-go this call was about me. He should have had I'll more. be happy to explain it. The Cardinals, Dante had a pass ball right below his feet. He could have made a play on that. Trey Boston got a pick in the Washington game right before that. Um, Dante, he jumped in front of Dante to get that. Come on now. Ten interceptions since we drafted him. That's big That's big time. It's six in the league behind Xavier Howard, J.C. Jackson, Marcus Peters, Tredavious White, and Kyle Fuller. All of them play on top defense. PFS only gave a higher grade this year to Xavier Howard. Come on now. Come on. I don't. I don't. We should be praising this. We should be praising the fact that we got – that we got Dante. He's literally the fastest cornerback in the league. He's a cool dude. I know y'all seen that video um, of, of like um, the team really loving him, like about how he's funny and stuff. We should be praising the fact that we got yeah. JC on along with him. CK, you talking about the man here to take his job. No, we should, like, we finally got potentially a force at cornerback. The contracts line up, the ages line up. We can have them for their careers. This is crazy. This is amazing. We should be praising this. I don't know. Anyway, I just wanted to show some love because he don't be getting no love on here. Keep pounding, y'all. Keep pounding, man. So, uh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, like I said, I mean, I, I've never once said him getting interceptions is a bad thing, right? Never once. He's caught the ball when the ball was thrown to him. The part that I was always saying is that we were def- we were making a point that he was this great cornerback 
because he had all these interceptions. When you look at 90% of those interceptions that he's had, it wasn't because he was a great cornerback. It was because he was a good wide receiver and the ball was thrown to him. Like that was it. Like it wasn't like, I'm not, when I watch Dante Jackson and you can, you can talk about his longevity. I mean, he's not being injury prone. He, he has played in a lot of games. He has not finished a lot of games. That's the problem. You can sit there and say that he's only missed five games. You're right. He has, but he's missed a lot of time because he's left the games early. I can't tell you. And they also came last year, too, where when people, when the kind of production on the field is starting to match what Swiss is saying, but then now the injuries come in. Right. I mean, and so my, my biggest thing is even from his rookie year, like when we were like, oh my gosh, he's getting all these interceptions. I mean, even from that point, if you watch him after almost every play, it's like he's limping off the field every single time he has any type of contact with another player. And that's the part that I would say is worrisome to me. I, do I like, here's the reality. Here's what I want to ask you guys. Tell me. Yeah. And that's zero chills. Got a hundred percent. Right. Yeah, uh, listen, Dante Jackson is, is one of those players where he gambles and sometimes it plays pays off and sometimes it doesn't. Right. And, and and that's not I don't think that's a recipe for a successful defense. And, and and do you guys believe we're about to pay him the type of money he wants to get paid when he gets done with this contract? I don't think we're going to do it. I actually don't think he can really command a r- ridiculous amount of money. Right? You don't now. think he's about ready to try to hit no, the open like, I mean, I think else that, do? and and let's uh, I want to. Make sure that uh, first Swiss, thanks for 94 for uh, two great calls here. We appreciate your support. And he he could be on to something here with this. Is that like, is that maybe we don't have to think of it as we have to pay this person so much. I mean, look at Mot- Moten was the top five right tackle for like the last three years. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was, like he had, and we barely wanted to pay him. So, I mean, it's not like Dante is going to break the bank necessarily, right? Uh, but if J.C. Horn and him could be complementary forces, Dante Jackson exhibits kind of the step forward he took last year where his defensive play felt more sound. Yeah. It just felt more sound yeah. last year. Just felt and more that is absolutely. like is that he was in better position. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yeah. it might end up – but then right when he's starting to turn around the narrative of Dante kind of being a failed experiment, you know, because like that yeah. started to enter the discourse is that Dante wasn't what we thought he was going to be. And I don't even think this podcast has been on that as much, uh, but it's kind of like the Greg Little one is that Greg Little's narrative quickly became it's a bust. Dante's narrative went from he's going to be the next, he's going to be is this phenomenal playmaker to all these concerns and questions. And right when he's starting to really exhibit the opposite of that on the field, injury took place. Right. And so you are right. He only missed five games, but I bet you 80% of them were last year. Yeah. You know, think- and so that doesn't necessarily help his case. And I'm not saying help his case for us, as actually it might make us uh, more reasonable for us to sign somebody like him. We actually need him uh, to low-key have a good year. 
Oh yeah. Where we oh, believe yeah, in sure. where we where we believe in him, but it's not hot enough that someone is gonna overpay him and we can maintain him. All right, here's my question. That could be this ideal. Is, if, this is a contract year for Dante. Cody, what do we do with Dante? Week three. Ooh, oh well, I know what GM Cody would do. Whoa! Ask me this question again. I said, "What do we do with Dante?" Week three. Week three. Yeah, what are we doing with Dante? Week three. If you say anything other than trade him, trading him, a, we're disappointed in you. I we're know. gonna pull up your vods about Curtis Samuel. I know exactly. Exactly. Whoa. This is the second time we've been on the same page, CK. Why are you saying we're three, though? Like, what's... Because he's going to be looking like he's playing great ball. We are looking like we're not going to be able to afford him. So what what is Cody's uh, mantra? Accumulate assets. Uh, CK, I felt like this was... Wait, wait, I got to answer that. No, I have to answer that because there's a difference. I wanted us to trade Curtis Samuel when we had not a chance in hell. That's not and, true. That's and, not true. No, no, we were 500 act. when you no, said that. Dude, around, yeah, but, yeah we were, but we knew who Teddy Bridgewater was at that point in time. We were under no illusion of what the rest of the season was going to be, and we were right. So, at What about point, week five, I saying, then? I was saying trade, I was saying trade <laughs> Curtis Samuel if, if, to get the value for him. Since we weren't going to retain him anyway, we might as well have traded him if there was a market for him. I, I mean, really, I want to switch 94's team, man. Like, I think J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson have the potential to be a nightmare tandem at cornerback for us this year. So, no, if I mean, I don't know when the trade deadline is. Someone look that up. Uh, uh, I don't know when the when the trade deadline is, but it's probably uh, week like seven. It's like it's it's later than we, you know. What I mean, it's like have, you get a good, maybe we even week a, nine, ten. If we have a good record at that point and we're rolling, and Dante Jackson's having a good season, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. If we start out zero and three against the Jets, uh, a Saints team without Mike Michael Thomas and Marshawn Lattimore because he's going to be serving two game suspension probably, and then you got to play. A Deshaun Watsonless Houston Texans with poor David Cully. Poor David Cully has the worst job. There's a segment on the radio show I go on, and they have a poor David Cully segment. <laughs> it's so hilarious. It's so sad. It's like poor David Cully gets the job of a lifetime, but it's the worst job. Like this, I mean, it's just like, is there's nothing, it could not be a wor- a more failable situation than what David Cully is in with the Houston Texans. If we start our 0-3 against that nonsense, which I don't, everybody's better expecting we start 3-0, then you better come on here on record saying trade this mug because it ain't going to get no better. Uh, CK, this reminded me, this reminded me of this, is I think we asked a couple, maybe about a month ago, who was the biggest loss to the team right. in free agency. And we all said, oh, oh, we're all on the same page. And we said it on one, two, three, and both CK and I said Curtis <laughs> right. Samuel. And you said Trey Boston. <laughs> and we were like, what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, but I, exactly I, what that is. 
At least I'm consistent. I wanted to trade Samuel away, did I not? I said we weren't going to pay him, did I not? And I've been saying to Terrace Marshall and Shai Smith are going to have a good But you also said that Curtis Samuel was the best thing ever, too. Yeah, because... You said he was so fucking awesome. And I bet... Man, I'm telling you, if I hear this... I I will buy... I'm buying a Shai Smith jersey. And if this dude does not get more than 350 yards receiving this year, you got to pay me back for it. Dude, listen. What if Cam Newton hadn't ever gotten hurt? And what does that got to do with Shai Smith? No, because you're talking about Curtis Samuel. I was very high on Curtis Samuel when he had the potential to be like a, a deep threat for us. Like our own version of Tyreek Hill is who I thought Curtis Samuel could be. But he never had the quarterback play. This is part of the reason why DJ Moore has four touchdowns every year. He just hasn't had the quarterback to help him distribute the ball and get those kind of touchdowns. I think it would have been a lot different for Curtis if he had the quarterback situation, but he didn't. So, yeah, we had to move on from him, and I don't think that it's a big loss now. I think Terrace Marshall has a much higher ceiling than Curtis Samuel, and I don't mind saying that. All right, uh, we've gone through the calls, number 252-228-5098. You can catch us every Tuesday night, chopping up the latest Panthers news and opinions. You can catch Cody. When when you uh, hang out with uh, in the Battle Royale of Panther fans or the oh, Royal yeah. Rumble of Panther fans? You already know, baby. It's the Friday free-for-all every Friday at 7 p.m. where you get to join the show with me, man. Uh, last Friday, we had... Uh, I, I think like nine or ten people in there at one time, man. We had a bunch of cool people in there shooting the shit, hanging out, talking Panther football. Uh, that's your show. So if there's something particular you want to talk about regarding Panther Nation or just the NFL in general, uh, hey, you can come on and you can lead the conversation and do it on the Friday free-for-all, man. Make sure you put that in your calendars every Friday at 7 p.m. here on the C3 channel. And right, it will be get, available in audio uh, podcast coming up here soon, too. Let's get to the longest-running segment on the show, and that is the Ice Up Picks, where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up, to get it together. And I hope, uh, and these are not my Ice Up Picks, but I uh, hope you guys are going to say Trey Turner, who uh, I saw one of the headlines uh, from a uh, Pittsburgh Steelers blog was, Trey Turner not looking as good as we thought he was already. I was like, damn. But then I read the article, and they also put his name in lowercase. So, oh, like, so well, yeah, know. where you yeah. deal with uh, high quality maybe, experience. Maybe, maybe I don't know, but I am of a per. I actually think they're probably right. Trey Turner is probably is I think, but you know, uh, missed his moment. Uh, there's another. I hope you don't also also ice up K1 Short, who's been icing up his shoulder. For the last year, and I saw he was cleared for football activities was a story that came out a few days ago. And some people are wondering, you know, that was a name that Panther fans floated out um, over the last couple of weeks about maybe just adding some depth and familiarity. And we do know Matt Rule very, very much liked K1 Short as a person, a leader and a player. So um, I hope you guys aren't going to ice those dudes up. Um, I am going to start. How about that? I'll start. But my ice up pick goes to um, all of us who uh, 
face a moment in life where we think we just can't, you know, there ain't, we're not going to turn it around. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you hit a precipice of no return to where um, you just kind of give up. And I'm icing up that feeling, not the people. We all face this in life. You know what I'm saying? Is I'm icing up that feeling that you can't turn it around, can't get it better. And I know this is going to be, I mean, kind of shallow in a certain way, but I felt this way in February. Uh, I felt this way in December and my weight had hit an all-time high. And it wasn't like, I mean, it's not like some, you know what I mean? It's like some people are going to be like, oh man, like you're crying about nothing. But like I, I felt like I was at the moment where I was just like, you know what? Screw it. Pass me the potato chips. Give me an extra beer. Let me, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I might as well not even worry about it anymore. Not even care. Not even give it, like, I can't turn around. Well, I fought that feeling and with some support from some cool people in my life too, um, you know, went and tackled and tried to start exercising more and eating better. And today I went to the doctor because like, you got to go if you want your medication renewed. And they're like, we haven't seen you in forever. So they gave me a phys. I go in for a physical at night or day. And, and they were like, oh, damn. In 25th and December, December 10th of 2020, just, what is that, six months ago? Seven months ago? Yeah. You weighed 225 pounds. Hold on. Today, I weighed in at 192, homie. Aw, shit. 192 and the blood pressure better like all these things and uh i don't I, and this is like uh what i just want people to know is this is like i was at like a point where i thought man you know what just persevere persevere uh just keep you know what the motto what's the opposite of giving up we're icing up giving up and we're endorsing Keep pounding. Perseverance. Keep, keep pounding. <laughs> oh, there you go. Keep pounding. All right, pass the mic. Um, CK, I'm assuming you, you don't have one, right? No, no, I got uh, one. I got one. I got oh, one. Okay. Shame, <laughs> on so Shame on me for underestimating. Ice up, Cody. <laughs> yeah, ice me up. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, I've been spending the day listening to the uh, to the Charlotte media ask questions today and. You know, this is going to go, this could go a lot of different ways. It depends on how I feel as I continue to talk. Um, I, I, I first and foremost want to like ice up the fact that the media even has to ask the questions about the vaccinations, right? Because the, the reality is I get that people are curious about it and like the league is making a big deal about it. So the media kind of has to do it, but I'm icing up the fact that they have to do it because like to be real, you know, realistic, it is nobody's business but the people who are getting it as to why they want to do it, their, their decisions. Right. And when somebody says in previous press press conferences that I'm not, I don't want to have this conversation. I don't want to talk about it. Then they shouldn't have to. Well, David Newton, we all know and love him, you know, wants to go into these, into every single interview and just talk about that. That's his entire, like he's a, he's a sports writer and his entire interview process was talking about the vaccination. And then, like, at one point during the day, during the same interview with Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold said, I don't want to talk about it. 
I've already mentioned that before and shut that shit down. Yeah. Right. And then later in that exact same interview, he goes, basically David Newton asked the question somewhere along the lines of, so you, you want to take on a leadership role, but you're not willing to talk about the vaccination. Shouldn't you be leading by example? That's a good fucking heavy hitter question, bro. Right. That, but bro, no, that's a terrible question. It's a terrible, that's like, like kneecapper, homie. It's a dude, terrible question. Listen, listen. I'm not sitting here saying these guys should be getting softball questions, but I'm just saying, like, when it comes to your own personal fucking situation, like that's like saying, all right, David Newton, you're you're required to talk about your your herpes on on live camera, and that's what you <laughs> that's what you want to talk about. If Deshaun Watson gave 22 girls herpes, would you expect him to? No, that's not the same. No, that's not the same thing, bro. No, and and you know what? It's bullshit because, like, in in and of the question itself, David Newton is insinuating that, oh, hey, aren't you being a bad leader right now? Right. Like, hey, bro, he's worrying about way more important shit, okay? Everyone's already doing this anyway where they're like, well, Christian McCaffrey and Sam Donald aren't wearing masks, and they're sitting around everyone else. So obviously they're vaccinated. At least that's the conclusion that everyone else is coming to. So if you know that, then just shut up about it. The and, Panthers, and- the, par- the Panthers apparently have like ninety-three percent vaccination rate, which is like one of the highest in the NFL. It's top three. It's top three. I know we were top three. But here's here's the part. Like it's an eye up for David Newton again. I know it's low hanging fruit here, but. On top of all of this, not only does he refuse to like be a good reporter, he then steals other tag, like basically steals articles or this is this is very important here. So he he has no original thought in his entire life. He has no original thought. Uh, Like, and I don't know why I have such a vendetta against this guy, but like, like Josh Klein, like three days prior, like or three hours, maybe five hours earlier in the in the day on uh, what is today Tuesday? Was it yesterday? Maybe Sunday? Um, Sam Darnold was doing a Bojangles shoot, and uh, and he wasn't wearing a mask. And and Josh Klein basically said, um, you know, based on this, it's uh, you know, I guess it's fair to assume that Sam Darnold has gotten vaccinated, right? Based on the fact that he's around people not wearing a mask. Well, literally, like four hours later, David Newton basically just steals the word. I'm mean, not going to say word for word. Now, but- it was word for word, dude. It was. Yeah. I mean, is like there is. This is. Uh, this is. It was plagiarism. Yeah, just straight 100%. plagiarism. It was reporting something as it was his thought, and it right. was totally somebody else. And if there was a any uh, change of a word, it was like a a preposition. It was not like, I mean, like, give me that is not paraphrasing. There was no attribution. And go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, it's just to 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 a guy who is already facing scrutiny amongst fans. Like when you think about like wanting people to want to read your shit, like nobody will read his stuff because they just get frustrated by his bylines. At this point, everybody's reading this shit though because we, man, um, I am like, right. Is that like we're talking about him? He is, I, and he did embrace embrace the villain role. Good lord, he is, bro. I think he misspells people's name on purpose. So look, point. since we're already talking about it, we might as well just like take this discussion to its inevitable conclusion because I feel like a lot of Panther fandom is kind of coming to this conclusion right now. 
And it's basically this. Does David Newton know that he's a fucking troll? And does he know that, that everyone hates him? And he already knows it. So now he just wants to continue to play in to the rhetoric that he's this dumbass. So again, I'll add this to, since you already started with the David Newton thing, CK. Uh, this made the rounds earlier this morning. <laughs> David Newton. It's like a Panthers. long list of David Newton yeah, shit in dude, one hour. Panthers, Panthers arriving at Wofford College for training camp. Christian McCaffrey arrived last night, as he used to with Luke Kinkley. And you know that. Uh, shout <laughs> out Christian McCaffrey. Dude, shout out Pat Coltrane. I watched Pat Coltrane. <laughs> That's not Christian McCaffrey. Oh. No, it's not Christian McCaffrey. Dude, dude, Pat Coltrane had the best response today. He said, Dave Newton found the first white boy with big calf muscles and said that was Christian McCaffrey. So I didn't even get that. You know, I thought it was funny because what the hell does Luke Keekley have to do with anything? You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't even really make sense. He arrived yesterday like he used to with Luke Keekley. Like, I took a, I, I ate dinner yesterday like I used to when I was seven with my mom. I mean, I don't even, yeah, but you're right. This is not Christian McCaffrey. And it's, it's like a mil, it's like security. Dude, it's, it's like security. And, then, and Crocs. It, dude, it starts to make you wonder, like, it, how do you not know? That it's on purpose, bro. McCaffrey. I love it. I think and he's then, like starting to become my hero. He's like my spirit, my wow. spirit warrior. Nah, actually, no. Uh, here, look, this is what I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you this real quick. This yeah. is the, this is what the guy from the Roaring Riot, this is the owner, uh, Zach Luttrell. He started and founded the Roaring Riot joint. And this, he put this up. And let me see if I can make it a little yeah, bit Yeah, click bigger. on the pictures and, and, and it'll pop up on the images that you shared. So this was John Klein's report. I mean, leaning into strangers cars without a mask on two days before training camp seems like a pretty good indication that Sam Darnold is one of the 85% of players that are vaccinated players report to Wofford on Tuesday. Look, there's these pictures that it looks like Josh Klein took at this Bojangles. And then here is, uh, the Instagram, which I wonder if there's a picture on this. I don't know why he tried to mark the date and the time. Oh, and by the way, the dude that he tagged, not Sam Darnold. Shut up. <laughs> no, not Sam Darnold at all, bro. Uh, at all, bro. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. I mean, it doesn't get any better than this, dude. Uh, no mask from Panthers bad, QB. Man. Uh, wow. At Bojangles promotions, so uh, we'd have to assume he's been vaccinated. <laughs> at least 85% of the Panthers have been vaccinated per Josh Klein. Oh, wait, he didn't write that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Josh wishes uh, you would have put that. Dude, like, yeah, he's like the Donald Trump of ESPN bloggers. Like, yeah. he's either stumbling into ridiculousness or he's an evil genius. Right. He's threading the needle, homie. I mean, the fact that he didn't even get the right Sam Dark. Come on. There's layers, bro. You know what I feel like? I feel like he's just like, I just don't give a shit. Like, he's, I don't think ESPN's going to fire him because he's like, I feel like he's on the back end of his career anyway. So just wait for him to retire, be done with it. Like, he's not going to be getting away from that. 
Like I'll He'd be honest, probably with you. get more views than any other damn blogger uh, that worked no for ESPN. Bro, I get irritated. I won't read a single thing because I'm just so irritated by his like his comments, dude. I can't. It's like reading. Have you ever read a sixth grade write a, like a sixth grader write an essay? Like, have you ever tried to read one of those? Yeah, it's, man. It's like I have kids. So yes, yes. It's impossible to read. Like it's 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 like you could sit there all day and try to understand it, but you're not going to. I feel like that's the how I how I feel when I read. I mean, I'm over exaggerating. Obviously, he's a journalist and he has some understanding of how to put words together. But at the end of the day, I just I get irritated by him, and I just can't, I, I'm not going to put any time of day into his articles whatsoever. So what do we got to say to this fool? Ice up, ice up, ice up, and we want you on the show, dude. I want you on the show. This was Cody's idea. We want him on the show, dude. Yeah, Come on. no, no, dude. Okay, like I, I really like. I we have to ask him that question. Yeah, are no, you trolling? Like we will ask him if we get him on the show. We will straight up ask him seriously. Are you doing this on purpose? Or is this an accidental fucking with us? Panther fans, we are going to try and do we need this. damnedest. Yeah, we are this going has got to gotta happen. We are going to do everything in our power to get a David Newton interview. And we're going to ask him all the questions that you would want to ask him. So, And he's going to uh, come on and he'll be like, all right, guys, uh, I'm sorry you feel that way about me, but thank you for having me on... The Pat, uh, the Pat Coltrane podcast. See you guys. Like, <laughs> 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 um, all right, that's the C three Panthers podcast. Oh, oh you got one. No, I thought it was David Newton. I thought it was David. No, I, I was gonna do it. We all piggybacking on that joint. We all piggybacking on it. Um, so no, I thought this was uh, a fun one uh, to leave on. Did you see uh, this Deion Sanders press conference? That happened a week ago. No. Is this like, for his football team? Is this yeah, for his football so, team? Yeah, he's, he's the head coach. Um, I, I like East, the name of, uh, it's like East, Southeast, something or whatever. I mean, uh, I know. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a, um, uh, it's a HBCU, I believe. And, okay. uh, and he's the head coach. And this little. It's going to be great. Let's yeah, see it. This, it's going to be this, awesome. This play, I, I wanted to get everyone's advice on it, but also to advise some Sus, you're Make up. sure you. Sh- oh. I'm just yeah. wondering if you could. Oh, hold on. Let's back up a little bit. You don't call Nick Saban Nick. You don't call me Dion. Okay. I call Nick Saban Nick. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's a lie. <laughs> you, if you call Nick Nick, you know you'll get cussed out on the spot. So don't do that. Treat me like Nick. Okay. Dion. <laughs> um, <laughs> just. Uh, did he say Dick or Nick? Sus, you're up. No, and then so he got you, up and left. No, but yeah. you, you, if you if you if you play, play it one more time. But yeah, I'm just wondering. If you could, oh, hold on, let's back up a little bit. You don't call Nick Saban Nick. You don't call me Dion. Okay. I call Nick Saban Nick. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's a lie. <laughs> you, if you call Nick Nick, you know you get cussed out on the spot. So don't Listen. do that. Treat me like Nick. Okay, Dion. <laughs> um, <right>. just uh. <laughs> You heard him? <laughs> the reporter doubled down and said, All right, Dion. And boy, Bro, is he my off. hero? <laughs> he might be your hero, dude. He might be. But dude, I swear he said, Don't call Nick Dick. No, he said, You don't call Nick Nick. Play it one more time. He don't say that. <laughs> Sus, you're up. 
Hey, Dion, I was just wondering if you could. Uh, oh, hold on. Let's back up a little bit. You don't call Nick Saban Nick. Don't call me Dion. Okay. I call Nick Saban Nick. Yeah, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's a lie. <laughs> you, if you call Nick Nick, you know you'll get cussed out on the spot. Listen so to the reporter. That. Treat me like Nick. All right. Okay, Dion. <laughs> um, right. Just. Uh, Damn, he said Dion. <laughs> then that, back. He doubled down. It sounded like, like he kept okay. saying, Treat me like dick. <laughs> I was like, Damn. Uh, and oh really, I don't, I'm kind of perplexed because I don't really know who to ice up. I, on one hand, I could ice up uh, Dion Sanders because I have heard people refer to Nick Saban as Nick before and not just Coach Saban. But also, if that man wants you to call him D, uh, Coach Sanders, fucking call the man Coach Sanders. Like, what is it? Why is it such a problem? And why did that reporter feel such a need to, like, one-up him and continue to call him Dion even after he clearly made it an issue that he didn't want to just be called Dion? Like the balls on that guy, pretty much. Um, so yeah, I just think the whole thing is hilarious <laughs> that Dion even got offended by it in the first place. But then that the guy doubled down in front of him and he was like, Okay, Dion. And just <laughs> I know, I mean, and that, that he was fast enough and yeah. quick witted enough to like not be on and right. like kill right. off kilter. Gross. I am. So disrespectful, bro. Uh, so, what was he I'm supposed like, to call him, Coach Sanders? You said, I okay. guess so, man. Everybody calls so. him Dion, though. Like that's weird, mean, but you're right that he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. most people know him as Dion, but I don't know. So to this reporter, it's called uh, Pride Time. That's what yeah, seven oh four show about. Uh, who, who? I mean, again, I think it's Dion Sanders, man. You show a level of respect to somebody like Dion if he wants. To be called Coach Sanders, I'm gonna call him that. Um, and by the way, shout out Marcus Ingram, Jackson State University is where Dion is the coach. You of. gotta see when he was coach announced Sanders, as head probably. coach, like when he accepted the job, he pulled up in like a limo and like a stretch Hummer or something like this, and then had a marching band with him. It was so cool, dude. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a I'm I'm a fan of uh, icing up Dion here. Okay. <laughs> I think he, uh, he overreacted. Yeah, I'm I'm like it just I listen. I mean, he he played a good uh, good game in 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 NFL, and he's I, I find him to be entertaining on like uh, on uh, you know like NFL Network when he does this stuff. But for the most part, I. Like I, I don't think you deserve that type of respect if you're gonna command it that way. No, 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 no. Back up. You don't call Nick Saban Nick. Like you're not on the same level as Nick Saban. Like, come on now. You're not. You're not a. Uh, yeah, but as a like a reporter doing a Zoom interview, you probably need to just be cool with it. And it was. It was yeah. the comeback, which was crazy witty and hard. I didn't catch it at first, and then my main. You know who did catch it? Dion. Right, Dion, damn sure Man, he, caught he, caught it, it. he said, "I'm, I'm the fuck out of here, dude." I mean, you, hey, you, you, I, I, listen, I'm not a, as we already said, I'm not a big fan of the media, but at the same time, like, it doesn't mean that they deserve to be treated like shit. I mean, and that's what I mean. Let's be honest; he's in this middle of this press conference, and and he's in the middle of like, come on, Dion, just a- answer the fucking question. Don't interrupt this question to make a point about how you demand respect from the guy. Like, I mean, just. 
Like it's just reality. He is. He isn't. He, if if we're talking about something, if we're talking about Nick Saban and he's up on the stand and he wants to be called Nick's uh, coach Saban, then that's fine, right? That's okay. But don't compare yourself to Nick Saban when you're not a fucking coach. I of still anything said really he matters. said. I swear he said, "Treat me like dick." <laughs> I swear that's what he said, right. and that is funny in itself. There was just a bunch of rhyming words that were all close together uh, at that point. That's why you're. I mean, my thing is this: if you're the guy, you if you're a reporter, you probably want to ask Deion Sanders more questions in the future, and he probably ruined his shot at doing that. So I don't know, dude. It sounds like a dude didn't like him at all. <laughs> hey, listen. Anyway, I up, son. That's it for me. All right, it's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com where every Tuesday night you can chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions with us, Panther fans. From the fan perspective, hop in the podcast. You can hop in the conversation on in YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Scope, Periscope, Twitter, if it's that, and all that. Uh, the Discord channel is lit. Check that out in the, uh, the show notes on... YouTube, smash the thumbs up button, subscribe. I'm on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Cody, where they can find you? At Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Everybody check out the Friday free for all, the show for you uh, to come on and hang out and uh, talk about Panther football every Friday at 7 p.m. right here on the C3 Panthers podcast YouTube channel. And at the start of August, there will be a brand new uh, mock draft on drafttech.com where I am the analyst for the Carolina Panthers and I write first and second round comments. So check me out. CK, where can they get after you? You can get at me on uh, pretty much all platforms. Uh, Codizzle Allen. Um, been uh, playing a little bit of this GTARP. Uh, so if you guys are ever interested in checking that out, uh, it's a pretty fun little way to play uh, Grand Theft Auto. Uh, check me out um, tomorrow night for sure. All right, man. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week. And uh, Cody, see you on Friday. Yep, um, sure. And uh, watch out for, look, training camp on the way. So we'll be dropping content. Hit the subscribe. Hit the bell. See you next Tuesday. Good night. Keep pounding. Peace. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.